Reach for the sky, boy. Hello, how are you guys doing? It's your friend Dane Alves. Coming at you with another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show, if you're new to here, uh, in which me and my co-host, Christopher, Brother Ray Patton, write down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews of past shows and previews for things to come. But, you know, like I mentioned, I can't do this by myself. Chris, how are you doing good, sir? Oh, I'm doing all right, man. We kind of talked about it before we jumped on the air. Just a little bit of a recovery day. Been playing a fuck ton of that Monster Hunter Rise uh, on Xbox One. Staying up way too late doing that. Um, and listening to Hunter's Moon by Ghost, because when you're hunting, you you know, you got to hear hunt, hunt, hunt a lot. Um, outside of that, nothing Absolutely. much, man. Kind of, a, kind of a weird week for me. I uh, went with the wife to the doctor on monday for an endoscopy everything's all right but you know we went and did that on monday and then tuesday i had jury duty uh which was awesome i sat in a room with people hacking coughing sneezing for like i don't know seven hours and they finally let me go home it could be worse could have gotten assigned to like a huge court case or something and been stuck there for months but kind of got out of that and the rest of the week was just you know normal work stuff how's your week been buddy not too bad at all. Uh, you know, actually, I'm lying. Holy shit, we were so busy at work this last week. Oh, God, I thought it was going to kill me. But it didn't. And I'm here. And, you know, other than that, besides a busy, uh, you know, a busy uh, a work day, I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I will admit right now, if you can tell from the intro of me being slowed down, I am chugging a monster energy drink right now to gain some caffeine because... I also had a little bit of a rough night because after a whole entire week, the best friend to hang out with afterwards is tequila. So, uh, yeah, that was a bad idea. And uh, I had to rewatch SmackDown this morning because I had no idea what the fuck happened last night. So good stuff. <laughs> what What is your tequila go to? You, you, you know, know <laughs> mid range. Uh, this is not my go to, but I do like it. And this is actually uh, you might have heard of this guy. Uh uh, Dwayne Johnson's uh, Blanco Termana tequila actually was my go-to last night. Very smooth tequila. He's got two different types. One's agave, so it's a little bit darker, has a little more taste to it. Uh, really, I think it's like thirty-three dollars a bottle. Like honestly, good tequila. I'll yeah, that's not bad. Because like uh, what at eighteen hundred eighteen hundred silver is like what twenty-five thirty bucks now. It's been exactly. a long time since I bought any tequila. That was kind of my go-to because I liked fucking around with that lid that pours you a shot and just always constantly making a mess with it because it's pretty much impossible to do. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember those commercials with Christopher Maltasanti. <laughs> I do, I do, I do, definitely. Uh, yeah, that's not. It works fine, like when you're sober, but after you've drunk like a little bit of that bottle, trying to do it, it's like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm kind of wondering what my monster, my uh, mango loco, would taste like with a little bit of tequila. Anyways, um, yeah, but we usually talk about, you know, for new listeners right now, we kind of go over stuff that we've watched uh, and whatnot from the week previous. But I, ha- I don't have a lot of stuff on the plate. Um, I'm still, like, ripping through Parks and Rec. Uh, I don't have any shows to watch right now. 
Other than that, I watched Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever, uh, since it's now on Disney+. Plus. I was actually really impressed with that. And I told you last time I was going to check out one of the Oscar films, Picture, uh, you know, up for Best Picture, I should say. Um, and uh, I checked out that Banshees movie. Um, I don't remember the full title. Uh, with Colin Farrell, it was one of the weirdest fucking films I think I've ever seen in my life. So I'll just throw it out there that uh, <laughs> it's based off of an old Irish legend, turn of the uh, 20th century, about a dispute between two gentlemen where one decided that he wanted to start focusing on another part of his life. So he just ignores his friend that he thinks he wastes too much time, not that he dislikes him. And Colin Farrell's that person. Uh, the other person is, um, oh man, he's been in a shitload of stuff. Uh, I'll have to look up his name. Uh, but really fucking weird. People chop off fingers. That's the only thing I'm going to, it's a strange movie. And, um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, what kind of fair ever? Really good. Angela Bassett definitely deserves a nomination. She's incredible in it. Colin Farrell had me cracking up with his, uh, like Golden Globe speech where he was talking about how, how the best actor was actually the animals in that movie. <laughs> it's pretty goddamn good. I haven't seen it yet. It looks interesting. When you say weird, do you mean like blue velvet weird or is it just like, I don't know. No, what would you compare no. it to? Oh God. I don't, well, it's the director of the lobster uh, oh, okay. in, in, in Bruges. So he's got this kind of sensibility to him. That's akin to that. I think he did the lobster. He definitely did in Bruges. But it's very wordy. It's just a weird fucking story about two guys that start having issues. It's and it's an allegory basically about the war over in Ireland. Um, about how it just all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, one side hated the other side, and it kind of just went from that and ramped up. So, but it's so fucking weird, man. It's so weird. Yeah, it was a little bit of a weird week for me watching stuff. The only thing I really watched show-wise was that 70s show. I've been re-watching that since I finished that 90s show, so I, I restarted that again and just kind of have that on in the background. And uh, just lots of Monster Hunter Rise and lots of Overwatch 2. That's pretty much – I didn't really – I played more games this week than TV watching, I should say. And it's the uh, the Banshees of uh, Inertion. Um, and, and I was re- referencing Mr. Brandon Gleason, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Great actor. But, uh, yeah, that was. I started watching that terror movie or tar or how I don't, I don't know how it's pronounced. Cause it was on With Cape Blanchett. and it seems like it's really good, but it's, it also was a movie. I probably shouldn't have started like right before bedtime. Cause I <laughs> went, to, went the fuck to sleep. That That's not the movie's fault. It's just one of those things where, oh, this is going to take a lot of concentration. And I started this way too late in the day. Oh, I've done that so many times. I completely understand what you're saying or you're like, yeah, what am I doing? I should take a nap. What the fuck? The only, the only one of these award movies I've seen this year and it makes me feel kind of sad is, is the fucking Top Gun movie (laughs) Maverick or whatever. I think that's the only one I've watched all the way through. I do want to see, um, what is it? The whale with Brendan Fraser. That looks interesting. And I do want to go back and actually finish this tar or tear. Like I said, I'm I'm not sure how it's pronounced. You need to, you need to, Finish uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. That movie's incredible. If you haven't gotten a chance to since the last time we talked, 
yeah, I started. That's another one I started and kind of fell asleep. I'm going to have to just maybe that's what I'll do tomorrow, like order like a fucking buffalo chicken pizza and just <laughs> try to knock out some of these movies I've missed. Hell yeah. I like that. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. So this, I guess it's a quick one. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the Yellow Jackets coming out. There's a couple other shows and movies I did. If you guys are interested podcast my brother luke alves the alves brothers uh covered um the announcements from james gunn about the dcu and the first chapter of it gods and monsters and the layout of films and television shows that he brought up and kind of presenting his first part you know going forward with this new dc studios um where they can kind of do their own thing so if you want to listen to that uh, search Dane Rants on any downloadable platform. Doesn't matter if it's Spotify, um, YouTube Music, any of the ones, and uh, check out the new episode. Um, got a lot of. It's about. I want to say it's about an hour and 45 minutes, but we break down all the big stuff. I do some casting ideas for each one because that's my thing, and uh, me and my brother just kind of like go in depth on the whole entire announcement. So a lot of fun to do, and definitely check that out. Yeah, I started reading through that stuff. I probably just need to listen to your podcast because I started reading through it and just fucking kind of got lost in everything that was being announced. Uh, and you always do a good job of breaking it down. So I'm definitely going to check out that podcast. Free plug from Chris Patton on that one. Thanks, Broski. Give me a five-star rating and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know the you know the spiel. Um, dude, fucking Royal Rumble. Am I right? Um, yeah, and, and we fucking went Elimination Chambers like next week or the week after. I feel like the road to WrestleMania has officially, I, I, obviously always starts after Rumble. But I always forget that they have these weird, quick back-to-back pay-per-views like with Rumble and Elimination Chamber. There's not like a whole lot of time to build stuff. But uh, this year, even just the setup for Elim- Elimination Chamber and some of the matches that they have, are, they're doing a much better job than most years, I will say that. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Just, uh, wow, I was, um, you know, and I, I read on the Twitters, um, and I actually got off of Twitter. I was like, you know what, fuck this, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I'm still floating out there. I'm also just sick of, honestly, can I, is it okay for, for a dude to follow a couple, like, Instagram girls and not get suggested posts of chicks with their stuff hanging out and stuff like that? Like, come on, man, I'm, like, in firehouse and it looks like i'm looking at porn like you guys need to fucking fix that shit i even went through the time of trying to like you know get words out and taken out of the conversation um and blocking certain words to not have that happen and it still happens so between that and some of the wonderful attitudes you find on every subject i decided if i want to find out a celebrity's opinion i'll just search them on google and look through twitter that way so yeah, that's what I uh, have to say about that application, Chris. <laughs> I I mostly use Twitter to look at things wrestlers post and look at cute pictures of animals. I think I follow like cute animal like all the cute animal <laughs> Twitter accounts at this point. So I you... was seeing different types of pussies pop up than the ones on Instagram. Let's just let's just uh, <laughs> say that. Uh, my favorite account is Red Panda Every Hour, and they just post pictures of red pandas. That's pretty good. <laughs> You know, because when you're scrolling through the darkness of what is Twitter, 
it's always good to have like a little red panda there smiling at you or, you know, a pug or a French bulldog or <laughs> just my, uh, anyone that follows me on Twitter, the listeners out there. And if you want to follow me, it's at Chris R Patton on Twitter, but it's, uh, it's just going to, if you do follow me, it's just me reposting cute animal pictures for the most part. And, uh, find out from Chris at that, um, you know, actually just find me on Dane Alves on Facebook. Cause I'm not going to be on Twitter for, the see the the foreseeable foreseeable future and it's not even i don't like uh elon musk or something like that i just i need i don't need so many social media platforms i got facebook i have instagram that's it for me i'm done you know i just ah it's it's too much when you start realizing that you're checking your fucking phone every minute pretty much you know at work it's it's not good it's not a we need, we need to stop yeah, doing that as society, Chris. I'm taking a stance right now on the show. <laughs> Have actual conversations with people in real life is what you're saying. Yeah, don't worry about notifications popping up. Like, talk to your fucking friend, you know? I don't do it, but I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking it really threw me off. You liked, like, a post that I had from, like, three weeks ago. I was like, oh, I guess Dane's back on Twitter. <laughs> oh, Speaking Lord. of which... Well, most of the people that uh, I'm, I'm friends with on Twitter aren't anyone I know. It's just uh, so weird. So it's like you and um, Fabio, one of my well, one of our listeners, you know, saying hi to him, good friend of mine, um, and a couple other people, and then lots of celebrities and uh, online sluts, you know, um, good stuff. It's anyways. Why don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how the hell I got in this conversation. That's the best part. Well, you know, we did warn people before we got started on this show what kind of show Guys, it was going to be. So, Our only news item is that Kota Bushi is fucking crazy, and he's deciding to come and do G- or, uh, GCW, and then going back to Japan to fight Manny Pacquiao. Uh, Chris, so what the Kota, fuck? He has, he has some MMA training, right? I'm assuming... Yeah, for sure. DDT, et cetera. Um, but it's a whole different world when you're <laughs> going to go have an exhibition fight with Pacquiao. That's, uh, this is different than like if you want to have a match with Jake Paul. Um, Could he be know. the it's Japanese like, Logan Paul? I, maybe. I don't know. I, I, you know. I read this thing looking at it, and the immediate thought in my mind was that it was going to be like a pride match. Like they were going to have like a worked shoot fight. And then it's like, no, this is like a legitimate exhibition boxing fight in Japan. I was like, who the hell is promoting this? Like, and apparently Floyd Mayweather's done one of these as well. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's a weird one. Hopefully he doesn't get his head caved in. Wasn't he just out with concussion syndrome from New Japan like most of the last year and various yeah. other injuries? And now he's going to go to fucking GCW and then have a match with Pacquiao. It's uh Solid career moves. Yeah. I, I think on the same thing, it's going to be Akibano versus Ron Bass, for Christ's sakes. Um, uh, maybe Don Fry will be involved with the whole entire thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I don't – and not only that, like, I thought he was crazy, Chris, when we found out that he's coming over here soon to do a match in GCW. And I'm assuming, because Kota Ibushi's a maniac, that he's going to probably do a more hardcore match just to prove that he can – and then it's like, you know what? I'm also going to fight Manny Pacquiao. Oh, okay. That's a, 
that's one hell of a career move, buddy. Yeah, the GCW thing, it was surprising in itself. And then the follow-up with Manny Pacquiao, I'm just like, is this guy okay? <laughs> like, has anyone done a health check on Kota Ibushi? Um, all joking aside, man, his, his New Japan contract's up, so I'm guessing he's, you know, going to be floating around to do all these random things. Hopefully he's getting paid a lot of money for this Pacquiao fight. Yep, we definitely have to hope for him on that aspect. Um all right, before we go into uh, all the main topics, we unfortunately lost another wrestler this last week. Uh, we found out Thursday that, uh, you know, Leaping Lanny Poffo, also known as the Genius, a uh, wrestler that mainly from his dad's promotion, uh, following to his career in Tennessee and eventually coming to WWF as the Genius, Um very, very innovative wrestler. Uh, actually, one of the first guys to do springboard sentons and try different things. Uh, and then later in his career, I think he kind of, I don't know if he hurt himself or he something limited him until, you know, he more or less became a manager uh, for the Beverly Brothers in WWF at the late 80s. But he was also brothers to uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. He actually held the tag team titles uh, with his father uh, and his brother in different time periods. And uh, just a great wrestler, a very well-talked wrestler, had this booming uh, voice almost that you would think would be perfect for for advertisement or radio. And uh, more recently at All In, um, he came out with uh, Jay Lethal and also was managing him as black machismo on the independent circuit for a time period. So we lost another legend, you know, we, uh, as fans that are my age and Chris's age and whatnot, we kind of see Randy Savage when he blew up and got popular, but you got to realize he started in the seventies and so did his brother. So for a long period of time, when they were even younger, you could kind of compare the the Savage Brothers, well, I guess it wouldn't be the Poffo Brothers, um, to like a like a Hardy Brothers, you know, type of concept where Lanny's more of Matt, who does some innovative stuff but can't do all the aerial stuff as his brother, and his brother is definitely more of the personality and stuff like that. Uh, so they, you know, traveled uh, throughout the territory system, um, and his dad and the two of them were kind of a unit. So it's just, uh, you know, I guess he's with Randy right now. So I always enjoyed hearing interviews with, with Lanny. Um, I checked out more of his stuff in depth when he passed away. Unfortunately, that's one thing that you kind of end up doing, I guess, is collect some more information about the man's career. And uh, specifically what I saw, you know, uh, from what DDP says, he was – a lot like Chris Canyon, his friend in a way of trying new things and, and doing stuff differently in the ring when he was younger. So uh, rest in peace, Lanny. I'll let Chris talk, and then we'll do our 10 seconds of silence uh, in honor of Lanny Poffo. Yeah, Lanny Poffo's career, as far as like going and finding some of his older matches, is pretty hard. It's similar to Macho Man when it comes to that, like anything before WWF, just because a lot of people didn't want to work with Angelo Poffo during those days. So most of the stuff you see is the the, the Memphis run he had and um, a, 
you can find some footage of some of the stuff he did with Sheik in Detroit, but there's just not like a ton out there. I had a hard time finding some of his older matches, but uh, there is a great Memphis match. I would say everyone should check out if you're a fan of Lanny Poffo or uh, Randy Savage in general. They had a great tag team match with the Rock and Roll Express. And uh, for no reason whatsoever, Lanny Poffo does a fucking moonsault. And that man is like too big to be doing moonsaults. Uh, and you have to think about the time period it was. It's like nuts. So when you talk about, you know, innovation and doing different things, he definitely was kind of pushing that. You know, he, he gets overshadowed a lot by the fact Macho Man Randy Savage is Macho Man Randy Savage. But uh, the genius character as a manager, I thought was really, really great. You know, if you go back and watch some of that early WWF stuff, but even his initial run when he came in, he's kind of like an opening card act. Not. You know, he's not it's weird. It's like he was like cast in that role, but always won. It seems like <laughs> like when he first came into WWF. So um, I think one of the most interesting things from later Lanny Poffo days is the fact that WWF just or WCW just paid him for five years to do nothing. <laughs> Pretty much like he never even showed up on TV <laughs> and they were just sending him a fucking paycheck each week. It's all it's hilarious to hear him talk about that. And um I'm, it's kind of sad that we didn't get that because the idea is, you know, Randy Savage bought the Gorgeous George rights. So when they brought and hired Lanny, the idea was Lanny was going to come in as Gorgeous George, like as a Gorgeous George type character. And Obviously, they ended up using that moniker for uh, Randy's girlfriend and then, I guess, <laughs> eventually girlfriend of uh, one of the members of the Misfits. I'm trying to remember if it was Balt, uh, Balzac, I think, the guitar player or whatever. But uh, they ended up using that moniker there instead of Lanny Poffo, and Lanny Poffo just got paid to sit on his ass for five years, which good for him. That's kind of the best way to make money in wrestling, I guess, at that point. But uh, just kind of weird. We never got him. That's a weird Lanny Poffo story, but absolute legend. He's fun. His promos were always fun, very witty. The His ability to just cut these weird limericks out of nowhere was always super impressive, and... Uh, he was like you know, you Eminem, st- you know? <laughs> yes, he's in a way. Spitting, spitting hot bars. But, uh, you know, if you're not – if for those out there that's not familiar or, or have really only watched, like, current wrestling, if you remember Dami, Damian Sandow's initial character, that's kind of a take on what the genius was um, for more – if you're looking for something more recent, I guess. But, yeah, absolute legend, man. Sucks. We lost another one. I would like to get through one week where we don't have to do one of these this year. Yeah. And I would like to get through one passing of an older wrestler that's not before the age of 70. Uh, And Lanny was 68. So just unfortunate, man. Um, But, you know, a lot of people talking very highly about him. And, uh, you know, from all accounts, he seemed like a really, really good dude. And um, I didn't get a chance to, to meet Lanny, but you know, just uh, enjoyed him as a presence and wish I could find some more tag matches because I know that those guys definitely fought, fought like a lot of uh, other big people like the Von Eriks and, and whoever and, and whatnot. But I will uh, continue to try to look and see if I can find stuff online. I know that WWE put a lot of stuff out, but I'm sure it was mainly, you know, him and WWE. So either way. Thank you, Lanny Poffo, Leaping Lanny Poffo, the genius. Here's 10 seconds. 
of gratitude and silence uh, for the passing of yourself. All right. Well, I guess it's time to talk about this Royal Rumble, right? <laughs> Is that what we got up next? We do have the Royal Rumble. Oy. Um, We never find we never a good way to go over this damn Royal Rumble. So I, instead of just going through the eliminations, how did you feel about the match itself? Did you like the Rumble match? Did you like the outcome of this thing? Kind of went the way I think everyone was expecting, but... uh. For me, there wasn't like the big surprises, but as far as like an actual Royal Rumble match goes, very damn good match. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you with the surprises, and maybe that kind of reflects us as fans in a way. And I, you know, we can talk about it right now, or I can include it right now. Hunter kind of was, you know, at the press conference afterwards, which I like that they're doing that. It's different than the way AEW approaches it, but it's gives it more of a sports feel when you have like some of the big winners of the matches and then have Hunter kind of answer some questions and they're asked, he was asked about the rock and he basically flat out said, if the rock could be here, he would, he does want to finish out his wrestling career. He's got a very hectic schedule. So unfortunately it seems like that wasn't able to happen. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't asked uh, exactly if the rock was definitely gonna be a part of WrestleMania this year or anything like that. But kind of answering that question throughout it. Uh, as far as the Rumble, the one thing I loved is, especially when you get to the end, these are your big baby faces going forward. These are your big heels going forward. These are This is the future, basically. You had, at one point, four such different heels uh, between Gunther, between Logan Paul, between Austin Theory, between Dominic, but they're all fucking great. Uh, in their own way, and and the reflection to the baby faces was it predictable that Cody won? I mean, yeah. Did it suck that Sammy wasn't involved to an extent? But based on the ending, I think it was understandable. We didn't know, you know, we talked about it last week. We didn't know when the Rumble was going to take place, and we didn't know when the main event was going to, or what we assumed was the main event with Roman and KO when that was going to take place. So um, I thought it was a fun Rumble. You know, you have Gunther breaking the just how fucking amazing was his performance, man. That guy has cardio for fucking days. He even did before he dropped all the goddamn weight. And just having a like almost a 20 minute match with Cody after the fact, you know what I'm saying? So I liked it. No, it didn't have that. You know, the biggest surprise was Booker T pretty much, um, which I I kind of talked about how he wanted to be a part of it. Edge came back. We kind of saw that coming. It was about the bigger picture. They just set up a lot of storylines, Chris, and they set up, you know, I think Triple H was like, this is your future. This is what's going to be going on in the next couple of years. And I definitely got that concept uh, after the Rumble. Yeah, I mean, I actually enjoy when they don't do as many surprises and focus on their long-term booking coming out of the Rumble. So I really, really liked this Royal Rumble. I thought they did a good job of, like like you said, kind of showing you, look, these are the people going forward for the next year. Um, 
it's weird that we think of like WrestleMania as the reset because the reset kind of starts at Rumble <laughs> normally, you know, outside of just building the last big main event mania match. But you kind of do see everything that's I mean, in theory, you should know everything that's going to be happening for like the next two or three months, which they they did in this. <coughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, had a, like a bug in my throat or something, but uh, yeah, no, it was a really great match overall, man. There was some huge, that huge ricochet spot blew this rumble up uh, on Twitter with Rick was ricochet and Logan Paul in the middle of that match, jumping from uh, ropes to ropes and colliding in the middle of the ring. Like they had the big moment spot. We didn't get the, uh, and I'm actually kind of glad they're getting a little bit of weight away from this where you have like one crazy Kofi spot. So like the half the match, you just been waiting for Kofi to almost get eliminated to just get eliminated again, like pretty quickly. So um, I like this version of the Royal Rumble better than some of the past years. It's fun to have like one or two surprises, but you don't really need it. Like this is an absolute stacked roster. And I think they did a good job of showcasing a lot of guys in this roster and Cody winning was great kind of expected you know knowing that the rock's not going to take that roman match and we heard austin wasn't going to take the roman match so it kind of makes sense that it would be either uh sammy or cody like we were saying last week and i think that was both of our predictions it'd be one of the two and obviously with sammy not being involved in the rumble it kind of just narrowed it down to cody i wish they wouldn't have i would have personally put cody in at like 16 or something instead of doing the 30 yeah but they paid it off really well with him and Gunter just fucking wrestling for a hundred hours. <laughs> How impressive was Gunther? I mean, besides the 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 uh, the amount of time he was in the ring, obviously be, beating the record. Uh, well, outside of Braun Strowman for the forty man for a thirty man rumble, the normal ones. Um, but also, some of the biggest pops was him squaring off with Brock Lesnar. And a fucking camera crew switching. I understand the entrance was right there, but like uh, some of some of the stuff that we missed, you know, kind of stuff. But that being set up as a possible possibility in the future, we have, you know, a possibility with Sheamus because they both had a win of having their, you know, last match at WrestleMania. He eliminates Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, um, and a lot of the stare downs with some of the bigger dudes on there and interacting with them uh he was literally killing it we've known me and you that gunther walter is amazing and a cardio machine but this was his coming out party you know to the wwe world and i feel like he maintained that spot and looks really good throughout the whole entire thing he's the mvp for the person that didn't win it to me yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, this is just more of Gunter being fucking awesome. <laughs> like he's been pretty much every time they give him a high profile match, he's delivered. So I hope they do more with this guy. I, I kind of would rather see him and Brock than Brock and Bobby. I don't know how they're going to follow through with that. It seems like they're setting up Brock and Bobby Lashley at Elimination Chamber. But uh, I would I would rather see that gunter match if i'm being completely honest also this version of crazy brock where he just starts breaking shit everywhere he goes is like one of my favorite things <laughs> yeah brock got a little bit of a get a little bit of heat that spot where he grabs the ref who's like pushing at him 
and just puts him in the front row. That was uh, not known that he was going to do that. So, uh, fucking Brock Lesnar, man, he can do. He gets away with it, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, you saw him just grab this dude and stuff him to the bottom of someone's seat in the fucking front row, and it's like he's a madman. Like Jesus uh, Christ, he looks so scary. Uh, he looks like yeah, he uh, looks terrifying. <laughs> he looks like a uh, you know when I saw him in uh, the first time, uh, he looked like a Kodiak bear. Uh, you know, <laughs> was he was he licking jam off your toes or whatever, yeah, Brett? I, I used to like I, I used to like put jam on my toes and I let the uh, the uh, air underneath. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but he really does look like a Kodiak bear. My God, he looks like a fucking action figure. Jesus. <laughs> so what you're saying, this new Cocaine Bear movie is actually just starring Brock Lesnar. <laughs> it's a biopic. <laughs> no, all joking aside, I mean, we're going to get a great match out of Brock, whether it's Bobby or uh, Walter. But holy shit, why, why, you, you brought up Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Why not just put these guys in their own fucking elimination chamber for like no reason? You know what I mean? Like... Give us the big men slapping meat. Where's Big E at? Is he ready to come back? Put him in one. Let's throw uh, them all together and let them beat the shit out of each other. I would love that. Dude, such good stuff. That's also Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. I love them in this. And Sheamus kind of gave me like a little bit of a Piper feel, uh, if you will, throughout most of it. Like when he's just chilling and watching two guys beat the shit out of each other. And then he just comes up and like thumbs someone in the eye or punch them in the face after like patting or, you know, uh, tapping him on the shoulder like they were just in there until Gunther eliminated them working together saving each other beating the shit out of some people and uh, it was fun I, I, I really do like the interaction between Sheamus and uh, Drew McIntyre it's fun they should get drunk though beforehand I think that would be more appropriate <laughs> at some point do we just get them as a tag team and they just run through the fucking tag division because that would be awesome yeah dude yeah, absolutely. And Sheamus is a good tag partner. Because they've kind of built their little feud up. I mean, I think they've done almost as much as they can do with McIntyre versus Sheamus. But you could go the route that they did with uh, him and Cesaro and put those two as a fucking tag team. They need to build this tag team division out anyways. And uh, holy shit, if you got nothing for those two guys to do, that would be like a fucking awesome tag team. Yep. And it looks like they're kind of at least pushing towards them and the Viking Raiders, um, at least having some type of feud. So that will be really cool because we love War Machine. And if they get a match in Elimination Chamber against Drew and fucking Sheamus and they're just beating the shit out of each other, you know, whoever loses doesn't matter. They'll get over just from the physicality because we know all four of those guys can really work in a uh, brawling style way. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, and I have faith that Triple H will give them more than like 10 minutes, which will be what you want. Like a 15-minute just big hoss battle of those guys beating the shit out of each other. I'm down for that. Yep, if it happens at Elimination Chamber, that will be a lot of fun. Uh, but it looks like they're going that direction one way or another. So, um, dude, uh, I'm trying to think of like other stuff that happened throughout the course of the Rumble. There's a lot of stuff. Logan Paul is such a heel. And honestly, man, this is another showing where it's like pretty impressive, man. I, I mean, he ha does not have a lot of experience, 
And to see him be involved in this, and especially that spot with Ricochet, because, you know, Jim Cornette was was bringing this up on his show. It's like, you expect Ricochet to pull that off because he's ridiculously athletic, but it's like, Logan had to be half of that, and they met right in the middle of the ring, gave that clothesline smack, like the smack and sound off of that sounded awesome. Um, Yeah, I just, I I really dug uh, a lot of the uh, parts of the Royal Rumble, and... uh, that was another part, just having Logan involved, coming down there, being cocky. People are booing him. He doesn't give a shit. Natural heel. Uh, same thing in the ring. And then everyone starts beating the shit out of him. Uh, and then he eliminates Chris. Is this going to be a Rumble match? And I'm down for it. He eliminates Seth Rollins. And Seth won't even talk about that on Raw. Like, it's an insult to him. So it seems like that might be the move for the WrestleMania match. Uh, is Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins, which, I mean, dude, this this kid, like I said, him learning the fact that you know he didn't he didn't tear his uh, his ACL, he he teared his meniscus, his MCL, but still fucking healed up from that shit in a very short time. Uh, him and Seth Rollins would tear it down, I think, at WrestleMania. Some might say Some burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. <laughs> Uh, no, man, that'll, that'll be an awesome match, but I, I wonder how many casual fans that were just, you know, browsing Twitter. Oh, uh, Chris, I think we might have lost you. Because my headphones are screwing up. All right, you're on mute, but uh, if you can hear me, try to unmute yourself and maybe. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, no, I was saying is like, I wonder how many casual fans saw that spot with like Ricochet, just like on Twitter, they weren't watching the Rumble, saw that spot and was like, holy shit, maybe I should look at this Rumble thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, it um, blew up on Instagram and Twitter. Like, as soon as that spot happened, like like five minutes later, that clip was kind of everywhere immediately. Oh, it was awesome. It was a really cool showing of just athleticism. And that's not a, it, it doesn't seem like an eat. I'm sure they fucking practice that to some extent. Although if you ask Edge about some of the stuff that he's done, he's like, no, we didn't fucking practice it. We talked about it, but it's like, you want to try to do that once and see if it works or, you know, wait for it. So I have no idea, but I'm assuming they would have, but it was impressive nonetheless, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even if they missed each other, they could have just, like, got up and bounced off the ropes and then did, like, a double clothesline down spot or something. I'm assuming that's what they worked out. It's like, holy, if we miss, we'll just go to this. <laughs> but they didn't, because Ricochet's fucking awesome. Nope. And, uh, yeah, cool spot. That's definitely, the for me, my favorite spot in the Rumble, I think, for a lot of people. But, uh, yeah, great, great to see Cody get the win. I'm excited for him versus Roman. That should be... One hell of a match at WrestleMania. I assume that they're going to give them like 30 minutes for that one. So even before this match, uh, starting out, um, Pat McAfee, uh, if you watch his interview, uh, pulled one on pretty much, you know, most people outside of Triple H who invited him, uh, including his old, you know, broadcasting partner, Michael Cole. So you have Michael Cole and you have Corey Graves, you know, covering the thing. And then... All of a sudden, Pat McAfee's music hits. He comes out, and uh, you could tell that there was like a, 
what the fuck? What are you doing here? But honestly, I'm just saying, no offense to anyone, Bad News Barrett or that other British guy that's on Raw. The three of them are actually a pretty damn good tag or uh, commentary team. And some of the stuff, especially that Corey and Pat were bouncing off, like when Dewdrop comes out later and she's not Dewdrop, thank God anymore. She's Piper Niven. And they were kind of making jokes and references um, to that or just bringing up facts and stuff like that, but still being funny while Michael Cole is being the straight man. I thought it was actually a really good commentary team. And I fucking love Pat McAfee. I really do. Uh, he was asked to do the rumble and it was kind of like, I think he was asked like a little bit too soon for his comfortability. He would have wanted more time because he just said that if he can't, you know, work to a certain level, he doesn't want to make, you know, it, taking up a spot for another wrestler. He doesn't want to do that unless it's something he can commit to. And so he decided instead to do the commentary and it was great having Pat back, Chris. Yeah, and it's it's really awesome that they're letting, you know, ESPN as a company is letting him do this stuff. I know they have affiliation with WWE and, and they do kind of back and forth stuff, but uh getting to see him for these big events, it's kinda it, it kind of makes it more special when he does show up randomly. So I it was really great seeing him back. I would love to see him in some kind of match um down the line. Maybe another match against a uh or actually he's never had that match. I was thinking of Adam Cole, but uh, Pat versus Seth. That'd be fun. Let's do that at some point. That would be great. But yeah, it was cool seeing him back. And I, I agree with you, man. I think actually, I think in general, the way that they're doing commentary for Raw and SmackDown um, has been a lot better. And they're really going back and acknowledging a lot of the stuff that happened in NXT with these stars. And I think that's helping a lot of these people get over. Um, whereas we were kind of, when Vince was in charge, it was kind of like once you got to the main roster, NXT didn't exist anymore for the most part. Like they, if, if I'm remembering correctly, they just took away Charlotte's NXT women's title runs as part of her title count, for instance. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's actually tied with her dad now, guys. Spo- spoiler alert, y'all. <laughs> Although technically, they also cut off fucking. A couple of wins for for Rick too, so because they were in Puerto Rico, so they don't count. But you know, whatever. How the how the hell did he even like? I'm sure that Ric Flair even has more title victories than he's aware of. Like he he said <laughs> that he remembers and recalls. I think he said 19 or 20, one of those numbers. It was and but he's like, <clears throat> whatever. You know, it's fine. Charlotte's no matter what, even if she's tied right now, she's going to beat his record regardless, I think, at some point. Probably over Cena and Randy. Which makes me believe that she's fucking dropping this title against Rhea Ripley at Mania. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, spoiler alert, we haven't even talked about the Women's Rumble, and I just gave away the damn finish. My bad. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Before we get out of here, I definitely also want to highlight one other person. Uh... (laughs) We had at number 17, Rey Mysterio. No one's there. And then at number 18, Dominic comes out with his mask on, alluding to the fact that he took him out um, before that. Rey suffered a minor, like he kind of just hurt himself uh, after the carrying cross match on SmackDown. So, I mean, they could have shown a little bit, but whatever. They decided to have it seem like Dominic took him out and... Um, that's fine. If if you're trying to make sure that Ray is good for WrestleMania against Dominic, if that's the plan, 
I'm fine with it. But Dominic Mysterio, Chris, really, like, as, as far as playing a heel, even that stupid, like, NASCAR thing that he did with his dad last night on SmackDown, still, he was able to really hold himself as a heel, uh, quoting Ricky Bobby, which was fucking hilarious. And is he's come a long way, man. And, you know, getting that heat against certain people and, and how Cody basically got one of his biggest pops because he, do, he, he took Dom and eliminated him. So I just also want to give uh, Dominic some flowers on. I mean, dude, we didn't like we would be like, you know, he's fine. He's 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 good. You know, he's in the tag team with his dad. He'll be fine. And flipping that to one of the best heels, I think, in WWE right now, like, that's pretty impressive to me. I don't know if you feel the same way, but. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And I also love the mask spot. The fact that they didn't show what happened to Rey Mysterio kind of made it more intriguing. Very old school NWA type move there. As far as like, you know, ripping someone's shirt off and coming out with it. And you're like, oh, no, what happened to, you know, Dusty? or whatever kind of had that feel to it. I, I actually dug that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, when at least we didn't bury him like a, a lot of other people did uh, during that time period where he was just teaming with Ray and we just kept saying like, hey, he'll come along. And this is this shows that if you stick with someone and you put them with other good wrestlers, they can get better by leaps and bounds. Like I think, you know, putting him with Finn huh, and Damian like Priest and yeah exactly you know like give them a little bit of time don't give up on these guys and uh, i think like he's a prime example of that right like if you give him if you put him in the right situation with the right people they're going to grow leaps and bounds and could be your next superstar and i think he's done one hell of a job obviously a lot of that has to do with the chemistry that he has with Rhea, but you could almost say that about Eddie Guerrero. Um, funny enough when you think about like one of his first big storylines was Eddie in China um and this doesn't mirror that obviously because it's a kind of a different thing but you know it's, it's weird that they, they kind of it very similar you know that they, that kind of set eddie off and <clears throat> this has helped you know dominic's career immensely and uh, like i said in the past Rhea is just on one hell of a fucking run right now and uh him being part of this group dominic being part of part of that group has has to be great for him like riding around with Damian Priest and and Finn Balor, uh, that's just a wealth of knowledge in itself as far as like in-ring wrestling and stuff goes. So, yeah, he's he does he deserves the flowers, as you said. And also great to find out uh, officially from Vicky Guerrero uh, that the account that was made for her sister and her basically bitching about him not getting permission about it, using anything Eddie wise was just bullshit. Vicky's, you know, I, and that's what I kind of was like, I'm pretty sure their families are really close. That That's kind of fucking weird. And it's a work like, what the hell? But Vicky's very supportive over Dominic. And I hope they keep on towing this line, man. I really hope that within their relationship, they're already hinting at it. We kind of want it. Now that we know that they have the blessing of the family, let's have it where fucking Dom basically says to his dad, you're not my dad. He's like, we know who my dad is. You know, we, we, we've been there, done that. And really lay into it because he's already doing it. You do ha already have that China Eddie type of thing with her, him and Rhea. Uh, he, he's doing more, you know, of, of his Uncle Eddie's spots than he's doing of his father, which is actually good. 
you know, it just it, lean into it a little bit and make it more personal. Um, and this is going to be a great match at WrestleMania if it builds up to that. <laughs> what if they do a paternity test and it turns out his dad's Kurt Angle? <laughs> the, fucking, the, the fucking swerve you didn't know you needed. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh god. All right, I'm done for that. That's smiling fucker. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, fucking Kurt Angle drives out in a lowrider. <laughs> uh, Hi, son. <laughs> okay, all joking aside, no, I, I like your idea, man. I think that that should be a really fun Mania match, and it may be one of Rey Mysterio's last ones, man. Like, I don't know how much longer he wants to stick around now that Dominic is kind of cemented in a good position. I don't know that, you know, Ray's been at this for a long time. I think he will will kind of go away to more of a special appearance type guy. Yeah. Well, um, obviously we said Cody won the Royal Rumble. And it brought us into our second match. I've been looking forward to talking about this with Chris. Because uh, as I've said before in the past, that. I'm a little. I have a little bit more leeway with with Bray than uh, Chris does for understandable reasons. And I said last time that we talked together that it all depended on what was presented in all this. And first of all, I want to know. It's not so much the 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 glow in the dark concept and and what was revealed because he looked terrifying. He looked like fucking the monster from Relic. Um, you know, he looks scary, but I, I'm assuming it wasn't Bray's idea to throw the Mountain Dew thing on that whole entire thing. And uh, that was noticeable. It felt like we were back in WCW in the 90s where we're getting sponsored by Slim Jim or some shit. Uh, I don't know. There were certain aspects that were cool. When, when the lights went down and that was the whole thing. And they were just fighting, and Bray, honestly, more inhabits, and not all of them, uh, but more fighting skills akin to his grandfather, Blackjack Mulligan, um, as far as just taking the guy, smacking him in the back, hitting him a bunch of times, kicking him, throwing him to the outside. We had a table spot with L.A. Knight uh, taking Bray and putting him through a table, and the match itself wasn't bad. The look wasn't you know, besides the Mountain Dew uh, advertisement, uh, it, he looked cool. He looked intimidating. He looked scary and shit like that. But at the end of it, the after, you know, after he beat him and the crash pads and Bo Dallas, who we know, you know, jumping off as H- Uncle Howdy uh, and completely missing LA Knight because of the camera angle. A lot of that stuff afterwards didn't work out as well. And I want to give Bray the benefit of the doubt um, and see what he builds towards Mania. But it's like for about, I don't know, five minutes I was into it. And then afterwards I was like, where the fuck is this going? And I mean, it's not as bad as the Hell in the Cell match, but Mountain Dew. That's all I was thinking throughout the whole entire fucking thing. Um so, yeah, that's probably not how, what. 
how is it possible that WWE sucks so bad at production with stuff like this? Like, they fucking. Uh, make oh, and movies. one other thing. <laughs> and one other thing. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off because I agree with you completely. Is that when audience members, you know, was asked by certain people like uh, certain people I listened to that were there. None of them could see a fucking thing in the audience. So that was basically made for production of what's going on for us to watch as viewers. And you still fucked up certain things. Like, yeah, sorry, I had to throw that out there that a lot of stuff, the audience couldn't see what the fuck was going on. So I have no idea what the hell their reasoning was for any of that. Yeah, this entire thing fucking sucked. That, I'm just gonna throw that out there. I'm not. I I'm not a big fan of Bray. Look, if you want Bray to get over and be believable as an Undertaker type character, you know what the Undertaker used to do, Dane. Hear me out on this. Have fucking matches, <laughs> like actual matches. <laughs> For fuck's sake, uh, I could care. I, I feel... don't give a single shit about this Bray Wyatt character or the storyline. By the end of this, the crowd was actually more behind L.A. Knight. Like they fucked this yeah. so bad. Like this entire thing was terrible. And I can't. If you paid to see this, like if your favorite wrestler was Bray, and you're sitting in this arena and you can't see the fucking match, like. You know, if you're the small, if you're like the the kid or teenager that's like a huge Bray fan, and you show up to see this bullshit, like fucking give that kid his money back or something, because this was awful. Yeah, I think Bray, I think Bray would have had just a better time coming back just as the fiend and having matches of him dominating against people, um, with less of all this other shit. Uh, honestly, I have high, because I, I have, it it's I it sells. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and we'll find out by Mania, but honestly, this was not a good showing. He looked fucking scary as shit, but then it went, it, it was like, okay, you know, then you had a brawl, and then there was a table spot within, like, less than ten minutes, and then it was like, what the fuck is all this other stuff? Like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Uh, I yeah. was, I was disappointed. I wasn't, I wasn't angry at him, I was very disappointed, that's all I gotta say. I mean... When he cut that fucking promo, and I, this one of the only of his promos that I ever put over, I was like, okay, they're going to go in this direction. They're going to have him have actual matches. Like, that was cool. And then they started tying in this Uncle Howdy shit. Now we got Alexa Bliss, and now we're having a fucking dark match. Um, it's just, I don't know how they consistently fuck this guy up. Fans want to be behind this guy. Just have him go out and have I, good I'm matches. I'm starting to blame him, though. And I, I think that you've thought this as well. I, I think a part of it's on him because now I'm wondering, what the fuck's your final product? Like, what's your, what's your, like, we're giving you full, he's got more full reigns than he's ever had before. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. And then the Alexa, we can just talk about it right here. Bianca beats Alexa and Uncle Howdy comes out at the end of it. Where the fuck's this going? I have no idea. Me and you already have said we like more of, you know, I hate to put on that the concept, but like the the Jericho style Alexa, where she's she's cocky, she's dominant, she's very heel like. Uh, that's not going to help her if she's a part of this whole entire thing at all. Yeah, I don't know why they would even want to recycle back to the worst parts of that Bray Wyatt run. If I'm being completely honest, but I guess we're we're gonna do that. Yeah. Here we go. Strap in. <laughs> 
hopefully hunter saw that match and was like fuck all this noise and just resets and does something different with whatever they had planned for this thing because that was oh yeah i was i was trying my best to give bray wyatt the benefit of a doubt but uh, especially after that great promo he cut when he came back but the, if it's just going to be more of this shit I, I don't need it yep and we'll have to find out because he's obviously been missing uh this last week uh coming back so i don't know uh we already talked about bianca belair and alexis let's talk about the last two things and get out of here when it comes to uh wwe um rhea ripley started and won the royal rumble also breaking a record for the women's rumble. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a part at the beginning where, where Dana Brooke comes out and she does a double drop kick to her and can't remember the person that started the match with her. And unfortunately it was Liv Morgan who also was really impressive in this match. I'll put it that way too. When we get to the end, I love the ending of that match. I thought it was awesome the way they decided to go about it, but uh, Rhea gets drop kicked. She definitely got stiffed a little bit in the face. Shit happens, and it, I don't know if her nose ring—I don't think it was ripped out, but it was definitely, you know, pulled to the extent, and you know, her nose was kicked where she broke her nose. She also said that her hip popped out of place in the course of this match, and she basically just put it in place. Um, and as as we have heard, nothing to a, a big deal but you know that's still pretty big if that happens to an athlete so uh but man just fucking killing it throughout the whole entire thing she also took a spear from beth during the royal rumble when she uh clotheslined uh edge in the back of the head after he took out finn balor and damian priest throughout the rumble and then they were fighting over by the ramp when austin theory was coming out uh, and then Beth came out. She wasn't in the rumble, but she speared uh, beforehand. Just, I have to say, like, having that, you know, in the past, being in this from the beginning and going on to win it with a fucking broken nose, uh, her, her, her septum piercing getting ripped to some extent, not maybe out of her nose, but like stretched a bit. Uh, and then also her hip popping out of place. What a fucking badass that is Rhea Ripley. And she would go on to uh, challenge Charlotte Flair. And we are getting the rematch from the pandemic era, which was a good match. And uh, I think Rhea is going to be taking that title from Charlotte. And I'm very excited about it, Chris. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for that match, too. I, I like that we're going to run that back with Rhea and Charlotte because I think they had some good matches. So this will be a, uh, one hell of a main event for Mania. I kind of wonder where they're going to put Is it going to main event one of the nights? I kind of hope so. <clears throat> she cut a hell of a promo on Monday night, too, that when she called out Charlotte Flair, by the way, just putting that out there. Also a good promo, it turns out. But uh, I liked the uh, post-mat or the, the post-interview. You kind of talked a little bit about it, but she was also real fun on that, like – Rhea, like I said, Rhea's on fire right now. I think that she's the best thing they have going in the women's division at the moment by kind of leaps and bounds, unless you're just super into watching Becky and Bailey for the 9,000th time. And they kind of took themselves out. It, it, it really seems like they're going to be positioned against each other, more of like a Legends match, I guess you could say, uh, at WrestleMania, which I'm down for. 
Uh, I thought the way that they used Bailey, I, I, I thought the way that they used uh, Roxanne Perez, the NXT champion. She wasn't in too long, but she showed a damn good showing while she was in there. Uh, and them using these NXT stars like Zoe Starks and Roxanne um, mixed in with uh, everyone else. Um, like I said, I, I have to give some flowers to Liv Morgan, man. She was good in the match. Uh, and towards the end, the biggest person, I think, coming into the match, though, Chris, to me, my favorite reveal. Uh, you know, we were we were wondering. You kind of made a little bit of a uh, a big, you know, size prediction about Great Muda being in this. And we didn't have Muda, obviously, in the Men's Royal Rumble, but. We had a lot of shout outs to him. We first had when Tegan Knox comes out and Michael Cole's talking about the shiniest wizard and, you know, going back and forth with Corey Graves and Corey's like, all right, so it's a shining wizard. And, and, and Michael Cole said, like, you know, and she's the best at it. And and, and Corey Graves goes, I don't know. You might want to ask Mr. Muto about that. And, you know, that was brought up. But then we have Asuka come out. And she has her old school tribute to the Muda, you know, mask on instead of her small mask she had before that. When she reveals she's Kana, or or at least the the inspired look that is Kana, and even showing up and and being weird, uh, having blood coming out of her mouth uh, while she's in a, in a fucking uh, a suit, uh, you know, to show intimidation to Emma. Uh, it looks like we're going a certain way. With Asuka, and, you know, we, we can talk about some of the other elements in the match, but the ending, how it was all on the apron, and you have Rhea Ripley, uh, you have Liv Morgan, you have Asuka. Asuka goes to blind Rhea Ripley with the mist. She gets out of the way, nails Liv Morgan, uh, and then she, you know, Rhea Ripley cuts out the legs of Asuka, eliminating her. And you have Liv Morgan, who can't see, but knocks Rhea Ripley off. She's holding on for dear life from the top rope. And then she pulls her body up and gives a Hurricane Rana to fucking Liv Morgan uh, and throwing her outside. It was just really cool. And I think Asuka, I I don't know. I don't know if she'll be going against Bianca, but she's going to have a big, I think, uh, spot at WrestleMania. And it was cool. There were little nods to the great Muda. Uh, throughout that whole entire Women's Royal Rumble, that was that was also cool to see. But I love Oscar, man. I, I really do. Yeah, are we gonna get like full badass Oscar back now that Triple H is in charge? Because that seems like what they're gonna go with, which is fucking awesome. I love that. If if that's the case, I'm really hyped. Well, yeah, and it seems like you know Shotzi's back to being a punk princess. Nikki Cross is back to being a fucking maniac. You know, he's he's bringing the the aspects. I even liked Lacey Evans. They fucked up the babyface turn that apparently they weren't going to do. But now that she's really just more or less the Sergeant Slaughter of the 80s, I think that actually works out better for her. Um, even Indy Hartwell coming out. I'll even say this, Chris, and I don't know if everyone will agree with me. M- Michelle McCool jumping over the fucking thing and, and Uggs. And going in there, that was the best showing I've seen of Michelle McCool, period, <laughs> in, in my life. <laughs> Honestly, she was she was working in the ring. She was, you know, that was actually that was actually pretty cool. I'll, I'll say that that was pretty Michelle McCool, if you will. Uh, but do you think the Bellas were supposed to be in this match and then canceled after that Raw 30? 
If they did, that's fine. How about Chelsea Green being the Karen of WWE, basically? <laughs> I think that's great. She was that was a great spot. Dude, and, 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 and her husband, Matt, Matt Cardona, being like, my wife has a record in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was like, holy shit, is Chelsea Green back? She was like, no, that was a one off. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. The Skype dropped for some reason for a second. So I, I was just going to say, when you were talking about uh, Asuka in the suit, was it that snakeskin suit that you that you were talking about? I don't know. She she was just in a normal suit and she didn't have her makeup on, but then she started like bleeding like weird shit out of her mouth and smiling. Oh. Um, she's in like a white suit. Uh, maybe it was yeah, snakeskin. So, so she's been doing these suits and they're just direct like copies of characters from yakuza zero so i've been very intrigued by this like she did a, a majima as the snakeskin one and the white one as a kiru type suit which is uh yeah, it's kind of if you're if you're a big fan of the yakuza series she's giving you a little nods and winks there too but if we're getting a very badass version of asuka again and i actually believe that triple h can pull that off since he did it in nxt that's gonna be fucking great i, I like it the big uh Kind of like you said, like more of her stardom style mask coming out and then the new face paint looks fucking awesome, too. So uh, great finish to that Royal Rumble. Um, I don't know how much of me cut out, so I'm just recapping some of the stuff. But, uh, yeah, that was a real cool finish. That's one of the best finishes I've seen in a women's Rumble in a long time. Or Rumble in general, man. That was uh, very creative. I liked it. One other person I want to highlight, though, Raquel uh, Rodriguez was awesome in this fucking match. She looks like a future champion and definitely someone down the line that will be, you know, in the in the top rankings. Um, but uh, yeah, this really good match, man. I'm 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 very uh, I, I like it, it. Really, Nia Jax being at the at the ending, it was like, all right, <laughs> I guess she's back. But everyone attacking her. And eliminating her pretty much immediately was kind of funny at the same time. And her just talking shit because she's good at that. As being a personality, Naya's great, you know, just like screaming at people and, and stuff like that. But I was like, okay, whatever. But <laughs> I wish other than that, my, I wish she would have yelled my hole again. My, my hole. <laughs> but but the whole thing is, and, and Natalia also looked pretty good in it. Uh, this is showing you the future. That's what both Royal Rumbles were about. They weren't about past wrestlers coming in. They kind of ended it both with some of the top females, some of the top males. And I think that's important. We are done with the, if you will, I guess you could call it the NXT era. You know, your your Shield members, your your Bray Wyatt, your your uh, your Four Horsewomen. That's the, the end of the 20 fucking 10s. We're now into a new era where... Those guys are your biggest stars, but we're seeing the other people come forward out of this. So uh, just it's fun, I think, on that level. I know a lot of people want legends and they want this, but, you know, you were saying they only had three, Chris, but you were saying that you wanted to see more NXT superstars last week than legends. And they showed more NXT superstars than they did legends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they knocked it out of the park. I, the only thing I would say is I wish they would have announced more of these NXT superstars, maybe even on NXT, like headed into the Rumble. So you kind of, so not everything was just like, oh, look, it's that person from NXT. Like it would have been 
there's there's definitely people from NXT they could have prompted a little or promoted a little better headed into the match just uh, for the carryover. But, you know, that's a small thing. I, I, I love the fact that they had so many people involved. I was half expecting when I started seeing all the NXT people run out that there would be like a surprise Mandy Rose we rehired her type deal. Uh, but that didn't happen. Sean put her over. Did you did you hear Sean's interview on the uh, stockholder call? No, I, I didn't. Was yeah, he so, like, well, you know, I was in Playgirl. <laughs> that was a pretty spot on Sean impersonation there. Uh, no, he was basically, they asked him about the firing of Manny Rose. And he was like, look, I have nothing to do with who gets hired or who gets fired. He, he's like, uh, the plan was always for the title to go where it went. Like she was going to drop the title either way. He's like, they just put me in a situation where we had to book it quicker than I wanted to. And he talked about how like she's very professional and he liked her in ring work. So he like put her over. It was just kind of weird. It was weird because <clears throat> kind of the way she got put out, you would think Sean would have a little more swing than that. So I, for some reason, I just thought like mid when they were rolling out all these NXT people, I was like, hey, if you're gonna bring back a Mandy Rose, that would this would be a good time to do that. But guess not. Yeah, no, no Mandy Rose, which was definitely you know. Rumored. Uh, Chelsea Green was rumored. She was in it, but no Jordan Grace, which was definitely a rumor. Um, no Mickey James, no Trish, no Lita. And then the men's, obviously, no Nick Aldis, no Matt Cardona, uh, no Rock Stone Cold, obviously. Um, but like I said, I, I, I think that it's it's good to highlight who you have. And um yeah, it's it's annoying, I guess, that no one replaced Rey Mysterio, but I wasn't really that, you know, bewildered by it like some people were. I thought they were both good rumbles, and they like highlighted, like I said, the future, the next ten years going forward of who we have in stock in WWE, at least until, until you know whoever the fuck buys it out, uh, and then we can find out from there what the hell is gonna go on. I was kind of hoping Curtis Axel would run in and get thrown out just so he would finally be eliminated for a Royal Rumble. But I guess like technically him and Ray Mysterio are still out here having a Royal Rumble since they've never been eliminated. <laughs> I hope they're having it. I really do. But yeah, it kind of sucks that Ray got it kind of sucks that Ray got hurt because I I'm assuming they had a big spot set up for him and Dominic at this Rumble. But it still it worked itself out. I think it, the the way they went about it was actually well done. And speaking uh, about all... Ray, go ahead. But speaking about Ray, man, uh, Karrion Cross uh, not did not have the best uh, showing in this Rumble. He's not looked good since coming back. I don't know what that like match wise. He needs to cut his hair. <laughs> he, <laughs> I, he looks I, like I a know. spooky waiter. That's what he looks like right now. <laughs> I don't even know if it's that. It's just like um, I, I, some of the mystique is is gone and he's also not having he's not getting as good of opponents as he was previously when he was in nxt which i think is the you know the biggest the biggest thing as far as like people that can carry him to a good match not carry in him yeah carry in him i guess you're gonna hate this idea what if bray and carrying cross build up to something for wrestlemania what if Karrion Car- Cross just shows up and kills both Bray and Uncle Howdy, and I don't have to fucking think about it <laughs> anymore? <laughs> you want them to break their him to break their necks like completely? 
No, I mean, yeah, hey, it's, man. It, in, in storyline, I don't want the guys to actually get hurt, but it would be amazing if, like, they're doing oh, all this. Are, are you referring to, like, when the giant broke Hulk Hogan's neck? Yeah. <laughs> and we get, God, that was so terrible. We get, oh, like, God. the kind of the first glimpse at Hill Hogan during that time period, too, where he starts wearing all black with a black bandana and, and like, and he chucks fucking the giant off a parking garage. <laughs> yeah. He fucking literally tries to kill the giant. <laughs> Can't, and then the giant just shows up in a monster truck because it's WCW. <laughs> it's like, the fuck is going on? Um, it's the wall, brother. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is, a, this is a fun rumble, man. Uh, outside of the Bray stuff, everything on this show was good there's nothing really to complain about honestly and it was only three hours looking at you aw fucking seven hour shows i can't do this anymore i'm too old for that shit yeah i i think it was the perfect amount of time for sure uh and it really led us to a a good ending um how did you feel on the front of you know, since Kevin Owens is not like the main part of this story, but he's a good he's a good chunk of it. We didn't think Kevin was going to win, but I thought he had a really good fucking match with Roman Reigns. He had a couple slip ups. You know, he tried to do that cross legged moonsault. It didn't work out too well. But for the most part, I thought him and Roman had an excellent match, Chris. Yeah, it turns out Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, pretty good wrestlers. I think they had a great match, but I mean, the, the, the payoff was better than the match. I'll say that on, on this, the aftermath, which is usually worse than the match in this case, I think was, was amazing, but uh, yeah, hell of a match by Kevin Owens and Roman. I don't know if this was their best match though. If Paul Heyman wouldn't have fucked up that uh, handcuff spot that one time, that would have been a <laughs> probably <laughs> the best match. Um, yeah, great match. You know, Sami Zayn's the only one there. His old buddy is getting fucking destroyed by Roman at certain points. And, you know, there's hope spots. And called out by the commentary very well was the question of, like, oh, is Sami actually, like, worried about KO? Like, he just reacted like he shouldn't from him getting out of a pin. Like, that was presented a lot. And you saw this conflicted side. By the end, though, how the fuck do you sell? Not, not even sell. How do you make safe taking the back of someone's fucking head and drilling it into the god? Like, I know Roman had his hand behind his head, but that can only do so much. And that's got to fuck you up a little bit, too. And he did it like two or three times, man. I got to admit, obviously, it wasn't as devastating. But after the match and him just getting kicked in the face and, and, you know, all that type of stuff. Like after a while, I'm like, this is the closest I've been reminded to the Royal Rumble match between the rock and fucking Mick Foley. As far as watching someone, you know, it seems like defenseless at certain times, just get kicked in the head and, you know, KO's a badass, but like, God, that was like hard to watch Chris. Yeah. But it was all safe shit. Like it was all. I mean, the stair spot was could could be a little scary, but I mean, it's Roman, so it's pretty much just Kevin Owens doing it to himself. You know, Roman's pretty light. Um, 
Holy fuck, man. Yeah. And I wish I kind of wish the commentators didn't sell so much Sammy being worried about Kevin throughout the actual match, because the the best part was, like you said, it's like Sammy's on their side. Like, you know, he's there. He's he's ride or die until they take it too far. Like he thought they were absolutely going to kill Kevin Owens. And it looks like that. And he finally had to make a stand for his friend. And it's like, oh, super baby face, Sammy Zayn. And then it just made me want Sammy versus Roman <laughs> at Mania, which we're not going to get. They're going to run that Montreal, I guess. But um, yeah, great storytelling. I think we're going to get a cool payoff with Solo and the Usos versus, uh, you know, Kevin and Sammy. And uh, Austin, never say never. Uh, what, what, what if Stone Cold is the mystery third partner and we just get like a trios match at Mania? Well, and that, that's the thing, though. I mean, it could go, it definitely could go that way, but one of the big things that happens from this is while the beatdown's happening and Sammy's getting really fucking uneasy and it's getting worse and worse and Roman's about to hit Kevin right the fuck in the head with a chair. He gets in the way. I mean, the gasp in the audience, man. Like, holy shit, Sammy was controlling the emotions of so many people, like 50,000-plus people. Just, it's ridiculous. And then he gets in the way. He's like, you're better than this. Like, we don't need to do this. And Roman's like, oh, I don't need to do this. Here you fucking go, bitch. And puts it in his hands and getting right in his face. <laughs> Dude, all right, all right. By the way, we've we've all heard the comparisons to the godfather of, of Michael Corleone almost. Dude, th- to me, recently, watching how he was last night in his promo and Talking to fucking Sammy. It, I get training day vibes out of this so much. I get King Kong ain't got shit on me. I could see fucking Roman saying that. I totally get Denzel and Ethan Hawke with the performance of Roman Reigns and fucking Sammy. And I think it's awesome. I, I love it. I just, this is so great, man. Like Roman's pulling from Godfather. He's pulling from training day. And then he's pulling a little bit of The Rock. He's pulling a little bit of... Of, of Kevin Nash, he's pulling a little bit of Triple H and getting this very unique version of himself. Just fucking brilliant, man. Yeah, he's on one hell of a fucking run, and and uh, he'll probably end up being one of the best wrestlers next year when we do our top. I mean, there's a reason why he's been one or two on both of our lists for the past two years. He's on one hell of a run as as this heel version of himself, and it's the best story in wrestling. Throughout every everything that we have going, I mean, we had FTR and the Briscoes, and unfortunately, Jay passed away. And outside of that, and that story kind of concluded itself, the Bloodline storyline in wrestling is the best thing going. Like, it's it's ridiculous. And Sammy is just, fuck, he's always been phenomenal. It's good that he is kind of getting the love that he's deserved for a long time, because they just had this, not that long ago, he was a conspiracy theorist. That was his gimmick. Dude, what wrestler to the level of Sammy is that good at being a heel and getting people to despise him and that good at being a babyface and getting people to love him? Like, very fucking impressive. Him and Kevin, that's kind of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, seriously. You know, they're the fucking great. They're great. And I, I'm excited to see them tag together. 
I hope that Sammy just shows up with a fucking generico mask on, even if he just takes it off <laughs> before starting the match. Uh, but yeah, this version of Sammy Zayn's fucking great. And uh, Kevin did his absolute best at being murdered. And I, I do like some <laughs> of the comparisons you were saying. Uh, it, it, it was great where it's like, you know, where they, the mafia boss gives the guy, the, the guy, the gun. He's like, you do it. You know, kill him. He's right there. Are you on our side? Or almost what? a little was... bit of a Donnie Brasco almost in there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Sammy doesn't want to fucking betray them, but it's like way fucking, you know, his his old best friend's getting just obliterated in front of him. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love – and, dude, I love last night. I love the fact that – that even though he got the better of Roman and came back, even though there was a chair involved at one part, you know, Roman kind of like it almost seemed like Roman had that planned. And even though he told Solo and fucking Jimmy to go eat on the bus, they were there to beat the shit out of Sammy. And then they were going to fucking, you know, do the same thing to KO with the chair in the corner. And you have Solo Sokoa about to like do that spot where he fucking destroys him with his ass tony uh storm style um and roman stops him and he's like fine you want a fucking title shot he's like i'm not scared of you he's like you know he it, it's like he coerced the whole entire thing and then came up to him and was like me you elimination chamber but what i mean can we i don't know man could Sammy like could this be his position where one of the titles is actually on the line and Sammy beats fucking Roman for one of those damn titles before fucking WrestleMania? They got two weeks to build that. That's the only problem, right? So they would have to establish that you can only challenge for one title at Mania. You can't challenge for but they would have to start putting that in place if they're gonna do that um pretty quickly. And I mean, Paul Heyman would be the perfect guy to kind of get that storyline over. You know, he's like, uh, he could be just worried the fact that Roman's got so many matches in a row. And, you know, he's like, what if we only put one of the titles on the line or he comes up with some kind of weird contract? So there's ways that they could do that. I think it's going to be tough to do in two weeks. February 18th. That's the uh, date for fucking Elimination Chamber. That's coming <laughs> yeah. up soon. So. Yeah, but I would – I mean, it would feel very much like when Kofi won the title, to be honest. We kind of had that similar thing. Didn't Kofi win at Elimination Chamber? Um, no, but he. I think he won the uh, possibility to go against uh, Daniel Bryan at that. So, yeah, I mean, it's Kofi. It's 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 Daniel Bryan. It's it, Sammy has that same – but it's funny because Cody also has that same fucking – I don't know. Is there is there a way that Roman loses both his titles back to back to the two biggest baby faces? I mean, it wouldn't hurt him, right? If even if it did happen, it wouldn't hurt Roman. That'd be. I mean, if they want to keep the brand split and split the titles back out, I think that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a possibility, right? I think everyone had either Sammy or Cody winning, you know, in general at Mania. Since you're not going to get the the only reason they've kept the belt on Roman this long is they were building for that rock match and that's not happening. So, you know, him dropping the belt at this point makes sense. He's had the thing for fucking what two and a half years now. He's it's like uh, seven hundred days. 
I, I <laughs> think I think the only people that have it higher than him at this point are um, Bruno, Hulkster, and uh, Bob Backlund. He's in the top four. CM Punk maybe, because Punk no, had that Punk, ridiculous. No, no, he he beats Punk. He beats um, uh, Pedro Morales, who had it for like almost two years. Uh, he's it's it's pretty fucking impressive that Roman's held it this long. It really is. It's impressive because it's WWE, really. Absolutely. You know, the fact that they actually have made that title mean something and his run mean something um, in a company that was flip-flopping that thing every three months prior to Roman picking it up. Well, but right, hold on, hold on. You know what we're forgetting, though? I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but, like, let's go into this. Jay left. Jay, the person that fucking, you know, wanted – Nothing to do with Sammy at first that that build up that relationship. Jimmy had a fucking relationship and he had no problem taking out him immediately. Uh, and Jay was not down for that. You know, he's always been kind of the emotional guy out of the group. And uh, he left and they could not get a hold of him last night. What the hell does that say towards the fact that these guys are the goddamn tag team champions? Jay and Jimmy. And what, what, what the hell is that going to do going forward? It's, uh, it's very interesting. That's a very interesting wrinkle, Chris. Yeah, it sets up a lot of really cool stuff. Like, uh, like I said, you could do the, you could do a trios match, you could do a tag match at Mania, and then you know Jay could end up just being the odd man out, and that's your next feud for Roman. If you want to remove him from the title picture. There's still a lot of stuff he could do there. And, and you know, Jay was on one hell of a singles run, too. So uh, it'd be kind of cool to see. Main event Jay feud. Uso. Yeah, main event Jay Uso versus Roman. I'm down for that for a while. You know, they don't necessarily need to. Roman doesn't need to be in the title picture. The storyline is still going to be highlighted in itself because it's so damn good. Um, you know, out of out of the pandemic era, there there are, I think, less choices that you can pick for someone that was able to come out of that and really raise his stock. And Jey Uso, I think, is probably one of the top people, honestly. Um, and not winning, like, you know, major titles or anything like that, but just showing the personality himself. Because beforehand, Jimmy was more of the personality of the group. And, I mean, this goes back to the beginning of the fucking bloodline, but Jay is an amazing performer. His facial expressions, especially based not just in the ring, but like off of stuff like this, just very impressive dude, man. Just uh, very impressive. As far as factions go in wrestling, they're the best by far, right? The bloodline, like oh, talent wise across the board, it's not even close. It's, it's the only thing I've told you that gets anywhere near as close is the undisputed era when it was in the middle of its height. That's it. I, I can't see anything. And I guess Bullet Club, but I, I would say in the last 10 years, the, I don't know, it's gone down a bit and I don't know. That's I mean, we're still, yeah, I guess we have the elite. That would be probably, if you're going to consider, you know, Kenny and the Bucks as one faction still, <sighs> but I'm just like, like in ring talent promo wise, like the whole package, it might be one of the best factions of all time, honestly. I mean, outside of like the fucking horsemen. Yep. I agree. Evolution. <laughs> There's only a couple that, uh, I guess the shield, 
That's one thing that's impressive about Roman is that he's been part of two of the biggest factions of all time. If you think about it. Roman is the modern day Undertaker, man. In a lot of ways. I feel like 20 years from now, (laughs) Roman will be having a match at Mania. We'll be doing the, me and you will be talking about (laughs) one last ride from Roman. You know how I am with acting. And and I got to say, man, I think Roman's the next one. Um, When I was watching him, getting, he's like, remove that chair off his head. And he's like, just telling, you know, Sammy, he's like, you're going to get what you want, but I'm going to freaking hurt you. Like, the way he was talking, like I said, I Training Day is one of my favorite movies of all time. And he had that Denzel type of grasp on it. I'm like, look, if fucking Jason Momoa, you know, after the next movie, wants to take a break and come back as Lobo and they still want to do a Polynesian Aquaman, let Roman fucking kick with it, man. Like he is he's I, I really feel this is this is my prediction. He's going to be the next person to jump into Hollywood in a big way. You know, the the thing that's so disappointing about Roman to me, and, and this isn't even his fault, is the fact that they scripted him so hard. And as soon as they took the fucking reins off the guy, not, no oh. pun intended, as soon as they let him actually kind of be who he actually is, he's fucking a million times better. And I didn't think he was bad beforehand, but like, it's just, it's, it's night and fucking day. Like, and you could tell when it started happening, when they gave him the hill turn and they kind of just gave him a little bit more leeway on what he was I, able to I, I say just, and do. I just love it. Like, do you know what I have to deal with? Do you understand the levels that I have to deal with? Like, like th- that type of stuff. He's like, when he's doing that, he is like, I am like watching him like, wow, this is impressive. And I sent you – this was this was a, yeah, a, a, like a month or so back. I sent you just him promoing to the camera while the show was going off the air, and I was like, this might be one of the best promos of 2022. Like, he's amazing. He's, uh, he's, in, he's on a different level right now. Yep. Roman versus oh. Kenny Omega 2023. Oh, no shit, man. <laughs> All right, so I want to also say I love the way they're doing the Elimination Chamber. I love that it's about, you know, the U.S. title for the men. So, you know, they can incorporate that, make it bigger. If they want to do one for the IC title, they can have that possibility now, in the future, whenever. And also that the women's, the I, I think it was like the, the last four people, or maybe it was the last three people along with Rhea in the Royal Rumble, got first place spots and this is all dedicated to finding an opponent for the other person. So I, I really, I dig that aspect, you know, you can keep the elimination chamber away from the main title. Uh, you're already having Sammy going against Roman for that title. And we're all going to build a WrestleMania after that. Um, but I thought that triple H's booking for that actually makes a lot of sense. You're giving something to people that are at the end of one match. You're giving, you know, credence and value towards your U.S. title. Um, I liked it. I really do. Yeah, I I like the buildup. I think this is the as far as like building to Elimination Chamber, like I was saying earlier, because it always just happens so quickly after Mania. This is one of the better built in-betweens right like the the only other one i could come up with and it's more just one storyline was the kofi storyline with daniel bryan 
I guess. But outside of that, this is one of the best ones I can remember. I mean, Sean winning Elimination Chamber was pretty big. I would throw that one up there. But normally, Elimination Chamber is just kind of something. It's just there. It's only if you like that gimmick match would you be super into like Elimination Chamber as a pay-per-view. Though I will say it was really funny watching Austin Theory Spider-Man <laughs> that, that one year when Brock was chasing him. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Brock climbed the cage and just fucking yeeted him. <laughs> Cocaine Bear scary. Brock. <laughs> scary dude. <sighs> I'm surprised that they didn't come. Like, if this was if this was like early 2000s WWF, Roman would have to defend both belts in two separate elimination chamber matches. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be this that would be the actual story. Like if if you had Stone Cold in this position and you had these two belts, they would definitely have put Austin in two fucking separate elimination chamber matches. Yeah, and no he would shit. have to overcome everything. But uh God damn kid. Uh, well, all right, so what we have right now, um uh we have three matches announced. Uh there's one last for each one of them for a to be determined wrestler. But besides Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn, which we've already talked about that for the men's, uh, the winner gets the United States championship. The champion Austin theory is going against Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, and the last person to be determined. And then the women's have Oscar Liv Morgan, Nikki cross, Raquel Gonzalez, Natalia and one last person to be determined. I think they both are to be determined on Raw. Um, and uh, yeah, that one will win a opportunity to go against uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, so, for your to be determined on the men's side, do you think that's just Logan Paul to set up like to, to set up yeah. like what you were talking about him and Seth? Like he screws they they end up beating or he ends up eliminating Seth and then that sets up. Seth being crazy Seth to that, that media awesome. match. Because I feel like Theory is going to walk out of this thing champ somehow by hook or crook. I just I look at that and it's like the I don't you know, there's no reason why Seth needs that belt. Like it doesn't make any sense really to take it off. Johnny Austin Theory. Johnny's not winning against Austin Theory. Bronson Reed, maybe. And but yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. I think, with it's, you. I think it's too soon for Bronson Reed. I have nothing against the guy. Actually, I, I liked him a lot in NXT when he first came out, and he's he's getting better. Um, I think it may be Dude, too soon to just put the U.S. title on him. No, if, like Chad Gable can have a single square now at this point. Put fucking Bronson Reed and Otis on a team and have them be like the new natural disasters. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and then to have them just fight <laughs> War Machine and the new tag team of <laughs> McIntyre and Sheamus. I'm down for that. Yeah, exactly. Just mayhem. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that too. I, I just watched really a I, I just watched a tag match from WCW that was fucking uh the Steiners versus uh Haku and uh God, I can't think of Barbarian. That's what I expect of all big men <laughs> tag matches. They just beat the absolute shit out of each other. That's that's what I want. Big guy tag teams. AEW needs a big guy tag team. I've been yelling about that for years, but like, so does WWE. Let's just put the big guys together. Absolutely. All right. Well, 
I guess that's uh, pretty much done with the realm of WWE. Should we uh, go over Dynamite? Yeah, we can. Real quick before you get out uh, of the Rumble in WWE, uh, has Brock ever won a tag belt? No, I don't think so. He he did an OVW with Shelton Benjamin, but no. What if like you know him and Bobby just get tired of fighting each other and they become a tag team just to get the triple crown? <laughs> Dude, they would fucking murder people. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm we're good. Let's <laughs> Dynamite was a good show. Let's get into that. Dynamite was a good show unless your Darby Allen's back. Oh fuck. All right. <laughs> Poor fucking I know Darby's like a daredevil and he has had a lot of fights against people. I don't know that I would just openly say, Hey Samoa Joe, beat the shit out of me. It'll be great. <laughs> hey, hey, Samoa Joe, uh at one part, can you just grab me and fucking toss me as hard as you can to the outside? Just like, you know. Holy hell. Uh we'll we'll get to that. That we started with like a banger, honestly. I mean I feel like I feel like what Heyman and Heyman Adam Page and uh, John Moxley are doing is very similar to what like Sheamus and Drew McIntyre have been doing. It's like, hey, we fight basically. Like you know, we just beat the shit out of each other. Um, I will say that I like this match for the most part. I mean, it got to the point where it's like all of them are gonna do like their finishers fifty fucking times towards the end of it. Um, but I mean, it was a good match. Uh, kudos to the fucking production person that put the uh, you know camera right on John Moxley while he was blading. Like literally took the fucking blade out of his mouth and cut his head real quick. And uh, yeah, that that's what we all saw as audience members. So uh. this show was pretty plagued with some production issues. We had some mic issues, which is like third or fourth week in a row, um, dude. Yeah, that, that that that's bad too. Like audio issues for a fucking television show. I mean, it wasn't as bad as when AEW initially started and they just had the NBA game broadcast accidentally going over like Ethan Page's uh first match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Defense. Like even Ethan Page has no idea what's happening, but you go back and watch his first match, it's like Defense. It's fucking funny. Um, this is a hell of a match, man. John Moxley, uh, I guess, is tired of people just calling him a brawl trash wrestler because he decided that he was going to do all of the submissions, channel his inner Brian Danielson towards the end of this match. Uh, Filthy Tom Lawler made like a hundred word Twitter post on how good what john moxley was doing like eat like from a mixed martial arts standpoint so if you guys want to go check that out that's out there but hell of a match i mean it was it was funny like you know moxley gets kind of a surprise win i, I don't want to call it a surprise win but like just kind of a, a win and then fucking hangman was expecting like i guess a fight to the death <laughs> i'm assuming this is setting up a last man standing match or something because he loses and then he gets pissed off and just starts doing fucking like burpees <laughs> in the middle of the ring <laughs> It's it's a weird storyline between these two, but they have good matches. So I don't I don't really know. I just don't want to. I don't know if they want to like fight or fuck, but you know, 
No. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, you know, it's it's almost like Hangman is trying to recruit him to be his tag partner or something. Like I don't I don't know what's going on with this. That we got that weird Renee interview a couple weeks ago where he's like, Do you think Moxley's gonna be healthy soon? Think he can come play? <laughs> it was, it's fucking awkward. Yeah, I, I agree, but really good match. Like I said, very similar flavor to Sheamus and Drew has been their relationship. So if that that means we're going to get a bunch of like just brawling ass fucking kick ass matches, I'm completely down. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like you said, when Adam Page gets mad afterwards for what I lost. Well, then fuck that. Come on, man. Let's fight. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he, like he was like, he thought this was a fight to the death. And then when he got pinned or, or whatever, I can't remember if he submitted or he got pinned. Right. It was like a roll up. He was in a submission and got pinned. Um, but like <laughs> he just starts doing fucking burpees. And <laughs> so this has got to go to like a Texas death match or a last man standing or something. Right. Maybe I have. Yeah. Probably something like that. Uh, and it, I'm assuming it's going to be on the pay-per-view coming up. So, but don't know. Um, so we had Brene. She talked to the bunny. Um, uh, and she was also talking to Jamie Hayter. And while that was happening, while the bunny was trying to imply that she deserves a title shot, Jamie was like, I'll take on anyone. Uh, we had footage of both Soraya and Tony Storm beating the shit out of Britt Baker and Jamie Hader ran out trying to find where they were. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was it pretty much. So we're, we're doing this, Chris, the WWE girls versus the AEW girls. I know they don't want us to call it that, but that's exactly what the fuck it is. So I don't know why we're pretending. I mean, to be to be honest, I don't know that anyone wants that Jamie Hader smoke after I watched that Emmy Secure match last week. Jesus Christ! Murdered her. <laughs> what I saw a hell soul of a match. Body. <laughs> Jamie Hader's so great. I'm glad that she's champion. I was saying put her over for so long, and she's this is going to be good, man. They're positioning her and Brit as baby faces, which will be interesting. Which I, you know, they'll go past this WWE versus AEW thing. And then I'm assuming Britt is going to fuck over Jamie Hayter, and that's your going to be what all out, I guess, this summer. That would be really interesting. Be either yeah. that, or you know, they're finally going to have to pull the trigger on the, the fact that they have someone that's won 50 matches and hasn't gotten a heavyweight title shot. All right, I, I'm going to give you a rhyme uh, for. <laughs> The next part of uh, Mr. Max Caster, he said, <laughs> you guys look like you bone each other. You're like a Kmart version of the Beverly Brothers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only reason that he gets away with that is because of his partner. I just want to like let everyone know that. But that was fucking hilarious. Uh, God. <laughs> I just like that we got a Beverly Brothers reference. Yeah, dude. Twenty twenty-three. Uh, randomly, I guess. I guess it, it was topical because you know, genius died. So maybe yeah. that's why they threw it in there. Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he did manage them. Yep. That, that was that his last like little gig. That sucks for Leap and Lanny. That team was not very good. <laughs> nope. 
Well, and 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 one of them is the one who birthed fucking uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Bron- or no, not Bron Breaker. Uh, <laughs> Van Wagner. There you go. Wow. Well, how's that guy? How's that guy doing? <laughs> he's, he's Are good. they still he's trying good. to push him, or he's is that an abandoned? Good. Is that abandoned project now that Triple H and Sean are in charge? I, I haven't watched a lot of NXT. Hey, I, <laughs> hey, I don't know what we should do with this guy, Hunter. Uh, just, uh, you know, just, uh, fucking goddamn. He, he looks like a fucking, I don't know, he looks like a statue. No, 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 he looks like a very impressive guy, but like, he's fucking the drizzling shit. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, fucking Abyss is like trying to, t- out here trying to train Von Wagner somewhere right now. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The thought of like Abyss trying to show him how to sell, <laughs> you know, as a man who, who wore a mask most of his career. He's like, no, it's like this, like, you know, look like you're in pain. Von Wagner's just like you said, a statue is a good example. This guy has like zero emotions, like whether he's doing good or bad in a match, he just kind of looks the same. It's weird. Um, anyways, that's way off topic now. He's He's trying, you know. He's not having, like, shit matches or anything. It's just, like, there is, like, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of Mojo Raleigh, except he's better in the ring than Mojo. (laughs) But it's, like, it's, like, Mojo Raleigh, but without the hype, (laughs) I guess. I don't, every time I see him, I was, like, I I know that you guys want this guy to be over, but I I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's working, guys. Sorry. (sighs) All right. Um. So yeah, from there, we uh, no, I don't really care about whatever the fuck happened there. All right, uh, we had Brian Cage versus Kanoshki Takeshka, and this was a fucking awesome match, Chris. Like, goddamn, dude. I mean, you can say what you want about Brian Cage, just give him a goddamn mouthpiece because he's awesome in the fucking ring. He looks like the Ultimate Warrior circa fucking 89. And he's he's just, he's a fucking monster. And he lost, but also, Takeshka, dude, holy shit for an up-and-coming fucking talent, man. Like, taught by Kota Bushi and Kenny Omega. Uh, my God, man. Like, this was fun. Like, they did a lot of fucking crazy-ass spots. And Takeshka ended up getting the win. I enjoyed this. If you can't tell, and I really like both guys in this. But at the same time, Cage loses again. So that's the only bad part about it, I guess. Yeah, I think Cage is going to lose another one, too. His contract's up, and he hasn't re-signed. And there's rumors that he's WWE bound after this. So He he has the body, man. And also, the I guess, the, uh, the skills to be able to keep up with the other aspect. With the, yeah, he... He makes sense for WWE. He just needs a mouthpiece. Unless they like give him an Ultimate Warrior style thing where he doesn't talk. Well, I guess Warrior did talk, but I don't know what the hell he really <laughs> said. Did, did, did he or did he just scream? <laughs> like that. Snorted <laughs> <laughs> um, and shit. But I mean, like, you know, they could bring in him versus Braun Breaker, right? He he makes sense in WWE. I'm actually surprised that he went to AEW. Like, I'm surprised WWE wasn't already in on Brian Cage because he's a big guy. He's got, like, the look and physique that they like, and he can also do 
high spots. So I'm actually kind of surprised he hasn't already landed there. But uh, yeah, I, I would I would assume that Brian Cage is going to continue to lose since he hasn't re-signed and they're not sure that he is going to re-sign. I think that's one of those. I like that the fans are so behind Takashita and this is like the only match he's won. He's got like 10 losses <laughs> before he finally got a win against Brian Cage here. Good match. They did a lot of cool shit. Yeah, and along with Brian Cage, in the next like couple of years, uh, even if they have to go to NXT, like you know, just like your Braun Breakers, I think that you'll probably see Brian Cage, like Chris just mentioned, uh, Odinson, uh, Alexander Hammerstone, those guys, because when you get th- some of these guys on the Indies, you know, or or some of the smaller organizations compared to AEW. WWE and Impact, um, they're fucking great wrestlers. They, a lot of them are, are good promos, but probably could use some seasoning. Uh, but they're they're great wrestlers for the modern style. They still understand the older style, and they look like someone from the 80s, that 80 rest, 80s wrestler type of physique. So, I I, I think we're gonna see uh, influx, Chris, of of more people like that. Uh, in mainstream because I mean, they, they seem like a unicorn nowadays almost. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. The big, the big guys and WWE still likes to, I mean, as we're going to see, we're going to have a lot of matches with, you know, the Gunthers and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus's Sheamus's of the world. Like, you know, even in these pay-per-views, even if it's not the top thing, it's still heavily focused around. And the, you know, WWF's idea is like, superheroes to some extent with the way people should look physique wise and, and triple H obviously being a big guy himself. Uh, probably not. I appreciate as concerned, that. Probably not as concerned about it as Vin, Vince was, but there is something to be said about that. Like when you see, you know, a Brian cage in person, you're like, Holy shit, dude. <laughs> like, Did you eat three people before you walked in this room? Uh, I think his only thing, because he's like an open steroid user, <laughs> like he's pretty open about using HGH and and roids. Uh, that that might be the only caveat to him going to uh, WWE is if they're going to actually start trialing him, for, like under that whatever they're. Does that even matter at this point? Are they even still doing that? The performance. I mean, obviously they are because they call it Riddle being high on cocaine or whatever, but. Uh, are they only testing for the hard drugs? Have we moved past steroids now? Or are they just like, yeah, that's just a thing. Yeah, you just, you know, do your thing, man. You just I have no idea, but I would assume not so much. But I, I, I don't know, man. I really don't. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's like, he's a good fit for a big monster NXT run. And if you're not going to pull bronze to the main roster, he would be a great guy to fill that spot. Because um, Bronze murdered everyone on that roster at this point. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, all right, let's continue down Dynamite. Uh, trying to remember some of the things that happened. Did we talk about we, – we talked about Max Caster. Did we actually talk about the Acclaims match against Turbo and <laughs> the fucking – 
Yeah, the the the, the ship Beverly Brothers. Oh, we didn't we didn't we didn't talk about honestly uh, some of the after effects afterwards. Of, you know, they beat them. The ass boys were extremely mad. You know, hit the ring and said some really scandalous shit to their dad, uh, who almost left the whole entire thing. And you know, after basically the acclaimed denied them a title defense, uh, all of a sudden Billy Gunn told them they would and. Do you think, Chris, that this is actually going to be Billy Gunn screwing over the acclaim? Like this was all like one master plan and helping his sons win uh, those titles? Because it definitely feels like it. it. Yeah, it seems like that, but it seemed like that for quite a while, right? Like it's – do you break the acclaimed up? They're one of the most overacts they have. Yeah. Like do you want to remove Billy Gunn from that situation to do heel ass boys? And I, I know that they didn't mean this. Is, I guess the idea was to make Billy Gunn kind of sympathetic, but like when the ass boys are like talking about how you left them their entire childhood and then buried your pain in a bottle of pills and shit, that's actually just kind of like makes them sympathetic. Like you actually feel for them more so than Billy yeah. Gunn. Like I don't, it was a great promo by them. It's the best promo work I think they've done uh, ever, but. It's an interesting storyline. I just, you know, like I said, like as far as the tag division goes right now, which is I didn't think I would be saying this about AEW since it was built around tag teams. They have so many fucking great tag teams there. Uh, I don't know that I break that tag team up yet. Like, I, I don't know if I Billy Gunn does the uh, the turn on the acclaimed. I mean, it sucks because it's his kid, and you eventually, or his kids, and you eventually want to see him manage them. But you know, maybe they turn babyface or something. Like, I, I would assume that Anthony Bowens at some point is going to go on a singles run because I think he's that good by himself. Uh, Max Caster is decent in the ring, and the the promo thing is fun. But I would almost lean towards doing a breakup between those two before I would have Billy Gunn just you know, turn on them and become the ass boys managers just because like I said, I think they're one of the most overacts they have. And a lot of people are going to hate that. And you're just going to get, you're going to get WWE style chance uh, with ass boys and daddy ass. And what's going to happen is when he leaves and joins the, the gun club or whatever they're calling themselves, the ass boys gun club or whatever, gun club or whatever. I think it, I think it I, might have a negative effect on the acclaimed because Billy Gunn somehow in 2022, 2023 has gotten himself that over. No, I, I, I agree with you. That's definitely, I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting issue, but we're going to find out what they're doing. To me, I, I really feel like the acclaim should be holding those settles for quite a while until there's a, perfect heel team to take that from them uh so and I, I i don't know who that is honestly i liked your idea of like bringing in fucking road dog well now he works for wwe so oh yeah that's right yeah he's back there yeah it sucks that would have been a fun fucking concept especially fucking. some backup give us some stuff with double j and the ass boys ears Ooh. <laughs> Well, dude, is there a chance that the Ass Boys win these titles though? Because then it just changed the dynamic altogether. You know, what if uh, it, their dad does get involved and 
helps uh, you know win them those titles. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's maybe what that's... you could do is you can slowly turn Billy Gunn heel like he's helping the acclaimed win. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, you could do something like that. That would be awesome. So very interesting, but uh, yeah, let's let's uh, move on. Is Billy Gunn the biggest person on their roster, by the way? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking really huge. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this man's massive. All right, so the next match, man. I mean, more bullshit uh, involved with. And actually, I don't, I don't think we talked talked about that. Unless no, that was on Rampage with Chris Jericho. It's like Chris Jericho and MJF's thing is to make the person go against all the other people or a list of people or people that they have secretly there. Uh, but you know, we're getting Brian Danielson, Timothy Thatcher. Um, this match was awesome. I mean, here's the thing. I think that they got the audience into it in certain parts, but there were definitely parts where even, all right. So trying to think of like the best way to say this. I remember UFC matches where my friends who are really into UFC and audience members who obviously pay tickets would just not like seeing, you know, GSP versus Hardy because they just, it was mostly on the ground. It was all submission, stuff like that. So similar concept with pro wrestling with these two guys. I mean, there is a lot of grappling. He's still, you know, Timothy's working on his arm the whole entire time to try to like make that a thing for MJF. Uh, and I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome chain wrestling work. I, you know, Tommy dreamer brought up not too long ago, Billy Robinson versus, uh, Brian Danielson. And I mean, if you've seen Robinson's old matches, that would have been a fucking, a fun catch as catch can style match. And, uh, I appreciate that type of stuff basically. And, they had an old school style match and we had a part where we, you know, there was a ref bump where MJF was going to get involved and use his dynamite diamond ring. And Tanoshke Takeshka came out, uh, you know, fought him all the way in the back. At one part, they were getting split up and fighting. And uh, Tony Khan basically was like, OK, well, we're going to get away from the Brian Danielson, I guess, MJF feud and gave a, a uh, title shot to Takeshka, uh, which was not happy from MJF, and I kind of was like, what? But whatever. I'm sure it'll be a good match. But, uh, yeah, Brian Danielson is on. We don't know, I, I don't think, Chris, who's going against him. I love the theory, uh, you know, set by Brian Alvarez that you were talking about, how it really could possibly be Zack Sabre Jr., who they've wanted to have a match against each other for a while. They were supposed to at the pay-per-view. So it could definitely be that guy showing up. But uh, yeah, just um, good match uh, all around, I think. Yeah, unfortunately, um, Brian Alvarez came out and said that that's not going to happen like either oh. yesterday or the day before. There's like some kind of scheduling thing. So that's not going to happen. But uh, hey, maybe a Matt Cardona shows up. That would be a good guy to put in that place. I kind of like, I know what you're saying where it's Jericho and MJF's thing to make this guy run through a bunch of people to get to you. Uh, and it's a common thread. I, when he, when he offered money to like 
Brian Cage to basically rip off <laughs> Brian Danielson's arm. The first thing I thought was like, holy shit, he's doing the Harley Race thing. I thought they were going to build on that like a lot more. Kind of like when Harley Race uh, had the NWA title and he was like, I'll pay money Dude. for someone to kill Ric Flair, basically. <laughs> I feel stupid. So actually, and I forgot this, uh, this is all planned out. Uh, Roosh was the one paid after this. He's the next opponent for Brian Danielson. I completely forgot about that. Uh, so yeah, never mind. It's Roosh and still receiving the money. I don't think that he liked this rich, you know, asshole coming and presenting him money. So I hope that that leads up to something since he had an incredible match last night. Um, against uh, Christopher Daniels, actually. That was a good match. What's going on with Andrade? Is he just gone forever? They're just paying him money to sit at home? He's on that Leaping Lanny so. Poffo contract? Yeah, well, if you look... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Roosh is great. That'd be a good match if, uh, you know, him and Brian Danielson have a great match, but if they wanted to do a follow-up between him and MJF, I think that would be a... Uh, an interesting match. It probably would end up being really good, but that's kind of like a weird set of styles. To put I, in the ring I think together. still, I think still to appease, you know, uh, Dave Meltzer, we need to get Roosh Okada and Kenny Omega in a match. Um, poss- <laughs> possibly Will Ospreay for a four way. The sacrifice like- to, to the, yeah, he just goes everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Um, what what happened to uh rush's brother what are they doing with him did he i I heard he did he sign somewhere he signed in wwe dragon lee is uh you know i guess still in development but he's about to come out for nxt imagine a world where dragon lee needs to be in development Well, I mean, at the same time, didn't he fucking break Kodabushi's neck when he did the, uh, was it? no, 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 it wasn't that it was, um, he did Kodabushi's move against, uh, fuck. Oh, God dang it. I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, gives it a T, um, full crazy motherfucker in Japan. Uh, uh, always Tet- junior heavyweight champion. He's been at Tets- like a million times. Tetsuo Naito. <laughs> No, 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 no. He's in his group. Uh, Takashi. No. Uh, uh, the guy that carries the cat, the little stuffed cat. Yes. I'm trying yes, to think of his name. Uh, oh man, we just did this to ourselves. Fuck. Yeah. Sorry. We're just have to fault. come back. Uh, yeah, but that was just kind of like a bad, like. Well, I'm just saying he broke a motherfucker's uh, neck. I mean, Takahashi. Happens, but... Takahashi, yeah, Takahashi. Yeah. But yeah, but Takahashi also is from the school of Naito and Ibushi where I have to take every bump on my neck. Yeah, and, so. and, and I'm going to uh, deserve that for jumping and fucking giving them a powerbomb to the outside by jumping over the ropes. Oh, God. God, he's a crazy <laughs> bastard. Hey, he's back and doing great in New Japan. Man. He is. He is. He won the fucking title, unless he lost it again, but he won the title at... Uh... Muscle Kingdom this last year, so that was a good match. Uh, anyways, uh, I guess we should move on. But that was a fun match. But yeah, I mean MJF fighting afterwards, and we'll find out what that's gonna be like. Jay Cargill versus versus Red Velvet. Chris, I have to say this, man. 
I definitely think it has a lot to do with Red Velvet. I mean, she was trained by Cody, um, and I've always been impressed by her. But this is probably the best showing, I think, in a match of Jay Cargill, especially for a longer match. Am I yeah, crazy for thinking that? No, and Jade slowed everything down. Uh, yes. I think that she didn't have to rush through this match. The biggest problem with Jade is when they ask her to do way too much. Yeah. Um, you know, like, and this even happens to Charlotte Flair. who's one of the best women wrestlers in the world. When you, when you try to do too much, it just, it, you're going to end up fucking something up. And this was like the perfect amount of Jade Cargill. And they gave her plenty of time to work in the ring. And, uh, I, I really love this celebration, you know, like she's supposed to be a heel, but in this situation, she just had 50 wins and hugging her daughter and stuff afterwards was pretty yeah. cool. Still not a big fan of Jade Cargill. And also like as a company, she's won 50 fucking matches. She should have had a title match by now for, for your heavyweight women's title. That's a good point. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, we'll have to see what happens. The thing is, you know, even though she is uh, a lot less in the ring, uh, yeah, at least she has a great personalities. She cuts promos well, so she has that going for her. I just hope that, like I've always hoped, honestly, that 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 she picks it up a little bit. It seemed in this match she was trying to work a lot more so than she does beforehand. But like Lex Luger, before he slowed down when he realized he could. He actually put an effort in the ring for a while, and uh, I don't know. The same thing applies to Goldberg, someone she's you know been. But still, it's it's just like you know, try to show off. If 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 you're going to present yourself as that intimidating, try to show it off in the fucking ring, a little bit. They kind of have like a uh, yeah. card in their back pocket with this if they want to. So, like, say they bring in Mercedes Monet as part of this WWE or WWE group that they have against AEW Originals or AEW Women's Wrestler. That did basically the NWO versus WCW concept. Jade Cargill's day one. <laughs> She's undefeated. She could join and destroy these WWE women. And uh, if anyone was going to bring her to a fucking great match, it would be you know Mercedes Monet if they they're going to bring in someone like that. Yep. Uh, do you think the involvement with Kira Hogan getting involved and taking out Layla Gray, do you think that's kind of pointing? Maybe we'll get Kira Hogan and uh, I'm assuming uh, Red Velvet in a tag team or something. Uh, not 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 quite sure. I have not been happy because I really like Kira Hogan and Impact, uh, how she's been used and utilized in fucking AEW. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah, I agree with you as far as her utilization. There's no women's tag division in AEW, though, so... Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe just a group of friends, kind of what they did with Hater and Brit. We have each other's backs. All right, should we talk about this fucking main event, man? Or am I forgetting anything else from uh, Dynamite? Not that I can really think of other than, you know... MJF posting a tweet about how Takesh owes him two thousand dollars for ripping his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker! Oh god. Uh, MJF really would like the best. It, it, dude, if Logan Paul's consistent in wrestling, um, you know, and doesn't like trail off, like in the next couple of years, man, I wonder who's going to be the biggest heel between him and fucking MJF. 
Who? Probably still MJF. <laughs> and if they cross paths, if MJF goes to WWE, that's a fucking interesting concept. Maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll band together. And uh, what, what do you think? Uh, I hope that they don't announce who Brian Danielson's last opponent is, and it's just fucking Naito. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least if there's something past next week, then uh, next week's Roosh. But I don't know if there's anything past that. If it's Naito, that would be fucking awesome. Just smack him around. Well, the paper views in, uh, in March, March, right? We can find out that. What's the name of the pay-per-view this time? Oh, fuck. It's, I, I, I don't think that's the name of it, Chris. Full Gear? Is this the Full Gear? It's full gear. All right. Uh, let's find out. And we're at 20. Are we 23 now? Or are we 22? 23. 2023. But, I mean, they're not doing. I don't think they have anything in February. So they got a couple more weeks of the storyline rolling rolling out. Rolling out. So we, we might have a Naito, um, which would be interesting. That would be fun. Um, they should just make him fight Kushida every week because, like, goddamn, do I want to see more of that? (laughs) Kushida and Darby had an awesome match. Um, what the hell's wrong with Darby Allen? He's crazy. (laughs) My God. And uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to like. The, the first match these guys had, they made it believable because Darby literally started attacking Samojo with a chair from the fucking beginning and really got, you know, the better of him, and it kind of went from there. This one, this shit was so fucking violent, and, you know, between Samojo, like I said, you know, holding a table, um, picking up underneath the ring, Darby comes and does a suicide dive where it's like, this is going to hurt. Hits the table, basically, in a Samoa Joe's face. This is like within the first five minutes. Joe is bleeding hard way all over the fucking place. And that probably pissed him off a little bit, I'm assuming. And there was a lot of aggression. They fought in the fucking crowd. You know, Joe sometimes throwing him just into places. And when they got back in the ring, there was a part where Darby had somewhat <laughs> Of a, you know, comeback. And just Joe, he's in the corner and just grabs Darby and just tosses him out the fucking ring. He set up a a, a a table and looked like a fucking enraged rhino telling everyone to get the fuck out of the way that was in the audience. Uh, that would chill there for a while until we have a part where Joe does his step out of the way, just walking, you know, baiting fucking Darby Allen who jumps out and... Gets out of the way, goes right through the fucking table. And then, you know, we had another part where Darby got the better of Joe. And he starts slicing up the ring, getting the padding and everything. So just the wooden planks. Uh, he ends up getting Joe in the ring, uh, getting him with the jump over stunner. And then, you know, was about to do his move uh, off top ropes. The uh, uh, I forgot what the fuck it's called, but like, you know, him jumping back into him. Um, uh, coffin drop. Coffin drop. And Samojo throws the ref into the ropes, 
you know, grabs him and does on on the exposed wood. Uh, he gives him, you know, the buster off the top ropes and just kills him. One, two, three. Samojo is the king of television again. After six wins, Darby is done. Uh, he's now a three-time, I think, TNT champion. But at the same time, holy fuck, I hope, I really hope this leads to Samojo and Sting. I really hope that they have a match. I think that would be a lot of fucking fun. But that was a fucking brutal match. Both guys kicked the shit out of each other. They were both bleeding hard way. Like, that's how fucking just aggressive and just... Chris, awesome match, right? <laughs> yes, agreed. I mean, you summed it up, man. It's This is... Uh... I, I don't I think actually Brian Alvarez's review of the first match stands hold that like true here. Darby Allen would have fared better in a shoot fight against Samojo. <laughs> as far as the amount of damage he just put on his body. Jesus. Give this guy a couple of weeks off. <laughs> don't don't roll him back out next week. He um, dude, Samoa Joe at the end, I forgot, took the chairs, put them together opposite sides, so they're both sticking up. Takes fucking Darby, slams him on the top of that, and then presents both chairs the opposite way and slams Darby on the opposite concept across the chairs. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, God, remember the Jeff Hardy match where you're just like, how's this motherfucker alive? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> where Jeff Hardy's boot kept coming undone? Is that the one you're talking about? And he did that fucking the one oh, where no. he launched himself off a ladder for a coffin drop through a bunch of chairs with Jeff Hardy on it. That that one that was Jesus. Jeff still has one of the scariest spots I've seen where he did that fucking uh, swanton bomb just onto empty stairs Ugh. for no reason. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, it, Darby's. Uh, they should have never put that. I mean, I know that it was obvious to put those two guys together, but God. <laughs> if anything, Jeff should be a cautionary tale for Darby Allen of like, hey, maybe don't do this so much. Ugh. But Sting and yeah. Joe, they'd, they'd have a good match. That'd be good a match. good, you know, Sting's talking about being done, what, after this year? Right? So. Did him and um, Joe work at all in uh, Impact? Yeah, they they've had matches before. I think okay. when Taz was managing Joe, uh, yeah, I think that they had a couple of matches when when Taz was managing Joe. This would have been, I want to say like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. But yeah, I can't remember if it was Joker Sting or Normal Sting when he was wearing the red pirate coat. For a while there, I'd have to go back, and it's been a while. Joe fought everyone in Impact, so if you were on Impact, you probably fought Samoa Joe at some point. Hell, I probably fought Samoa Joe at some point in, in Impact. I just don't remember it because he killed me, like he did Darby that match. Gave you a concussion, a fun cushion, uh, which is what he gave Darby a fun cushion. Jesus if I was, Christ! If I was Samoa Joe, I would start doing this exposed like ring. And then change the name of the Muscle Buster to the FBH. It'd just be the fuck Bret Hart move. Because <laughs> Joe's an unsafe worker. Uh, yeah, that that's how he was able to fucking do the Muscle Buster off the top ropes uh, to Darby Allen and not kill him. But 
yeah, that 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 was a uh, that was incredible, man. That that was a that was a crazy ass match. I didn't expect Joe to beat Darby this quickly, but you know, maybe this is to perpetuate Darby for something else. I mean, there's a good chance Darby could be involved with MJF after he's done with uh, Brian Danielson. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Darby's storyline is very similar to what Brian Danielson is going through right now, where you know he's he ran this test and Kushida fucking murdered his arm, so he had to sell that. So he's been running this gauntlet, and it's like now you got to fight Samoa Joe, no holds barred. That sucks. So I would assume eventually he will come back and fight Joe, but I think Joe's next opponent would be Will Hobbs. Yeah, or or Wardlow, who came out last night. As well, yeah, we we saw that it wasn't that great. I know it's gonna be awesome again. It was um, awesome that Joe. It was awesome that Joe just choked his ass out there. <laughs> Maybe that'll happen again. Possibly. He's another one, muscle bound motherfucker. He'll end up in WWE in a couple of years. I can just tell you that. Um, WWE missed the boat so hard on what they could have done with Samoa Joe and Lesnar for like a long time. They just had that one-off match and had Joe lose and then Joe got injured. I have never ever said, or I've never ever seen someone say I'm talking to you, bitch. Like I've never (laughs) do that until Samoa Joe. And it was definitely resented by Brock. I could tell. Uh, also, Samoa Joe gave zero fucks about Paul Heyman. He just grabbed his ass up in that corner. <laughs> that was awesome. Samoa Joe's great. We need more promos. Can we get Samoa Joe to be cutting more promos on these shows? Hopefully. That's well. Uh, is that it? I mean, uh, do do you have anything else to talk about? I think that we actually knocked this out uh, rather quickly, Chris. No, I mean, there's nothing I can think of from from Dynamite, really. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about from Rampage or SmackDown? No, uh, I thought I thought they were both good. You know, they had some spots like we've already talked about the biggest thing with Sammy attacking Roman at the end of it, um, and kind of getting the better of him, and then coming back almost nailing Roman the head with a chair, Roman fleeing or it looked like he was fleeing. And even though he told Solo and Jimmy to go enjoy some sushi and steak and stuff like that on the bus, it kind of looked like they set up if this were going to happen, they attack, you know, and and they're about to do the same thing they did to KO with the chair in the corner with Solo uh, until, you know, Roman stops them and just basically derail Sammy and let him know that, He's going to destroy him. He'll give him the title of the match, blah, 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 you know, that whole entire thing, while everyone's screaming for Jey Uso. So that was the uh, ending last night. Uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Who who makes the, the save on the go-home show for Elimination Chamber? I'm assuming it's going to be Sammy is just getting demolished, and you just hear, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still wondering what's going to happen with Jimmy. And, you know, I kind of hope that Jimmy just comes in – and you don't know what's going to happen. Then he just starts beating the shit out of Sammy. Um, if, yeah, Jimmy and Jay are interesting because they're still tag champs in that's, all of well, this. Th- I think that's, that's kind thing. of gotten lost a little bit. <laughs> that's the thing, and that that's an awesome element. Look, if if Sammy at least, which is something that both him and KO wants, 
gets the tag by titles at uh, WrestleMania from Jimmy and Jey Uso after their reign, I think that would be awesome still. Um, obviously, we'll get the title match with Sammy. At, who knows, man? He could win if one of the titles branches off and Kevin Owens gets involved. Sammy could win at fucking Elimination Chamber. One of the titles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could. He really could. I, I, I wonder if they... If they just go the route of it's just going to be Usos versus KO and Sami Zayn, did they do? Are they going to put these fuckers in a ladder match? And if so, <laughs> how many ladders is Kevin Owens going to fall through? <laughs> Quite a few. Assuming all of them. And you'll hear the because um, he has to try to sound like Homer when he's taking bumps sometimes. Uh, who won Money in the Bank last year? Like. I can't even remember that Austin far theory. back. Oh, yeah, and he felt Okay, he felt this cash in. That's right. I'm just trying to think, like, past Mania, like, who the next up is going to be. Because I'm assuming Cody's going to have the belt. Do you just run back him and Seth? Orton, maybe? If Randy's healthy? Uh, I mean, they had him in Gunther for a while. If Gunther loses the IC title, especially... All right, so it's theorized that there's a good chance that Sheamus could be going against Gunther. It would be their, their rubber match. And Sheamus has never won the IC title. That's the only title he's never won. So he has a great match with Gunther. He beats him, or you get Drew involved, and maybe he, 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 he beats him or whatever. That gets the title off of Gunther, and Gunther then can try to go for the main title and have a feud with Cody, which has already kind of been established by the end of that Royal Rumble. So that's an interesting concept. Yeah. I mean, just, it's, man, it depends on what they're going to go with, but like when you pe- look past mania, cause I'm assuming Cody's walking out and like I, if we're staying with what we have now, they're not going to split the titles up or unless Paul Heyman comes out and says, you only won one of these titles or whatever after mania. Simming Cody is going to be the undisputed champion. I'm. I think I've heard or I've heard rumors that they're designing a new belt in you general, want, like a singular he wants belt. The old school belt. Personally, I don't know if he's going to get that. He wants the old well, this, golden eagle belt. Yeah, this was in talks even before um, uh, before he won Rumble that they were designing just a singular belt. Um, so I'm assuming they're going to keep those things together. Cody's going to win this. And then, you know, the very next pay-per-view is money in the bank. I'm pretty sure either TLC or money in the bank is one of those two. And it's like, who is Cody's next opponent for that heavyweight title? Is Roman going to win money in the bank? (laughs) I would love to see Roman. Has he been, I don't even think Roman's been in a money in the bank match. Is there a chance that, like, you know, if Roman does lose to Cody at WrestleMania, he just takes a little while off? Like, we see him back maybe getting towards SummerSlam or something? He fucking deserves it with this fucking Okada-length title run that he's had. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I I don't know. Are we going to put, like, fucking Brock and Bobby into a goddamn Money in the Bank match after Mania or something? Are we going to see something crazy? Because I'm just trying to think of, like, like you know, outside of Seth being obvious, um, who next up would be? Maybe you go Sammy with that. Maybe that storyline wraps itself up and Sammy wins Money in the Bank or something. I'm just trying to think of who would be a good 
opponent from Cody or for Cody coming out of mania with Cody being, you know, you'll have a rubber match with him and reigns at some point, but someone's going to win that money in the bank. Though away from Cody because it already kind of started last night. Like I think that, or not last night, but Monday, I thought Cody's promo was good. He kind of started losing people with the whole, like, you know, I don't want to sound like an ignorant redneck, but like them large words he likes to use, but he got them back a lot of times. But we have to, like, you know, who were the fucking, who were the fans chanting for last night um, when Roman was out there and Roman was, was like, all right, well, I was going to ask you who you want to talk about, but obviously you guys picked Sammy. Um, Keep Cody the fuck away from Sammy. Sammy is the biggest baby face they have. Cody can do some John Cena fucking Roman Reigns damage if he gets involved because they will probably pick Sammy over him at this point. That's what I think. Yeah, Cody's super over. It just doesn't help that, like, Sammy Zayn is the most over person in wrestling in general right now, like across the board. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I heard that like Cody's merch and stuff is like selling out. So that's good. I mean, there's people definitely behind him, but like storyline wise, people are really behind Sammy. So keeping them apart. If you do that, does Austin theory just win money in the bank again and go against Cody? That'd be fun. Or like I said, you could do like Orton is Orton healthy now. His, uh, no idea. his his former tag partner is indefinitely suspended for doing coke off porn stars or something to that effect. For being a super bro, bro. <laughs> for being the most Ric Flair version in, of itself in 2023. Hey, fucking Triple H just gets a text from uh, Dana White's like, I told you. Fucking told you, man. Uh Oh, well. <laughs> Gets a follow-up text from Filthy Tom. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Are you guys hiring? <laughs> you, need, you need a shooter, XMMA legend. Yeah, uh, I, lo- I that love would, that. Would be a I good love him, but, challenge for fuck. Danielson uh, along this path. If they wanted to do something, Filthy Tom would be a good a uh, Brian Danielson challenger. They could do all of the MMAs that Brian Danielson likes to do. I'm sure that's on like MMAs. Filthy Tom's. <laughs> the, the, I'm sure that's on Filthy Tom's bucket list is to have a match with Brian Danielson. <laughs> like I, I'm assuming anyone that's a wrestler, <laughs> his bucket list is like if I can just have a match with Brian Danielson, just like it used to be with Shawn Michaels. Um, yeah, be top tier shit. Well, anyways, um. Trying to think of any other talking points. Um, I, uh, I I pre-ordered the kind of expensive, but comes up with all the downloads version of WWE 2K23, and I will have that game in a couple weeks. So I'm a very very excited man uh, when it comes to that. That, that War Games stuff looks fucking awesome. All the screenshots I've seen of it and stuff. I'm like, man, I can't wait to see some demo gameplay or, or something from that. Hopefully it doesn't release super broken because they kind of like announced, like announced it, it. <laughs> like like six months before the game's supposed to be released. So hopefully they've been working on it the entire time. But yeah, you know, it's 2K is actually more like a fucking rock star where it's like, all right, we're going to put this out there and then we'll update it a million times so it doesn't work like shit. Fucking shit. <laughs> 
uh, I don't know. Rockstar gives you at least they give you the base game in a very good state. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe the online shit's janky, but like when I got Red Dead Redemption 2, the story was perfect, flawless, right? Like the online like, shit yeah. sucked. Same thing with uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. Rockstar is a great company. I'm, Rockstar, if you're out there and you need a developer, you can hire me. I'll, I'll come work for you. It'll work for you. Uh, but, but yes, it's uh, uh, that's going to be uh, – I'm excited about a WWE game just because I want to make a fantasy war games match. I want to run back some classics. I hope they just have like a menu of like WCW war games matches where you can be like, you know, sting versus Vader <laughs> kind of war game stuff. It's going to be if a you lot play of online. Do they do like a, like, cause I'm assuming this will be an online match as well. Did they just do a virtual coin toss to see who starts out with, two people as opposed to one person yeah and if you and four other people randomly selected when they're going to go out and you probably have to go in the uh the ring against whoever so that that'll be interesting i can't wait to do undisputed era versus uh i was about to call them the fantastic four <laughs> fantastic the four horsemen <laughs> which which is just brock brock is the fantastic four because he ate all of them <laughs> he did he's in the uh, thing uh, <laughs> thing, thing ain't got nothing on cocaine bear Brock. Uh, AEW's got a game coming out as well, and that's that thing has been delayed twice. It should have. It was supposed to come out before Christmas was the original plan on that. So, is that coming out before or after this WWE game? I don't know. It was supposed to come out before, but I have no idea. They don't have a date for the release at all. Um, I did some investigating, so hopefully it comes out soon. But it, one thing that's cool, both games are adapted off the same, um, you know, uh, engine. Uh, I would just say that the the 2K games are a little more advanced than what it sounds like they're going to be doing for AEW, which I'm looking forward to as well. But I swear to God, if 2K changes its controls again, like they fucking did, I am going to – I am going to blow up a hospital. No, I'm just kidding. I was just quoting <laughs> Joker. That was Joker from fucking Dark Knight. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Anyways. Uh, what, 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 was that Was that Joker or was that just Kenny Omega when he was getting super busy on his old firm? Hey, what are you going to do? Uh, the game will be out very soon. All right. um, oh man, did Kenny Omega get his visa issues worked out? Because he's still not been on any of these shows. No idea, man. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Hey, if this means that we'll have to see Kenny more in New Japan, I'm actually down for that. <laughs> if that ends up he, happening, he, he can't. He can't go work there either. Currently. Oh shit. He's, he's, he's stuck visa. in Canada. Oh, I did not know that. That seems like so a shitty can't. state to be stuck in. Yeah, I guess because I, I don't know how this slipped through the cracks of company ran by super billionaires that his like visa would run, his work visa would run out. But man, what a weird situation. We have not seen we haven't seen Kenny since they finished that best of seven, and they didn't even know if he was going to be able to do that match because of his work visa. So that's been a uh, that's been kind of crazy. I feel like with well, him coming back, it's been like one of the 
him coming back has been one of the most anti-climatic returns of all time as far as like a huge former champion coming back and like what you kind of built your company around like he, dude you know, he's, won... he's a trios champ man <laughs> yeah but he can't defend it because he's stuck in canada he's just hanging out with lance storm i guess i don't know what the fuck uh you know uh actually uh i, I did a seminar and uh you know uh Kevin, kenny omega came here and uh we fought some uh some kodiak bears uh, in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, he's hanging out with Brett. Wanna go uh wanna go see a Calgary Hitman game? <laughs> They're named after me, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, well I am gonna call it Chris. That's a show. There you guys go. So we had a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh really enjoyed the Royal Rumble. If you didn't, I don't know what to tell you. We'll tell you our handles later on so you can bitch at us. But uh <laughs> Good stuff, good wrestling. Uh, rest in peace, Lanny Poffo. Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people out there. Goodbye, all the lovely people out there. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, it's at Chris R. Patton. Facebook, Instagram is Christopher.R.Patton. Also, I got music and stuff out there on SoundCloud, so if you, you search hard enough, you'll find that as well. But uh, everyone have a great weekend, week. Watch wrestling, enjoy it, love it. Try to be nice to each other. Um, rest in peace, Lanny Poffo. And you can find me at Danels42 on Twitter. I don't actually have that active, but hey, you can find me there. Or look up Danels on Facebook. We'll have a conversation. Uh, and yeah, like I said, RIP Lanny Poffo. If you want to check out me and my brothers, um, you know, uh, basically talking about what's going on with the DCU, James Gunn, check out a new Dane Rants. Just search that on your downloadable platforms. Just like you can find this show, Spotify, Stitcher, um, iTunes, all of them. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance uh, for the other show, Dane Rants, and check it out. Give us a five-star rating. Thank you guys so much. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day, evening, whenever you are listening to this. And let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. As always, peace out.